Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Once again, this is Dan coming to you from the wood shop at DTM Enterprises, my little wood shop in the backyard. Uh, get a couple of these commercials out of the way real quick. Uh, go to spiritualunderground.org for show notes and uh, uh, pictures of the guests that are on the show. Uh, there's also a contact me page there. Uh, welcome any feedback you have for me or if you want to be on the show. Uh, I have just recently learned how to do these things remotely, too, so that we can record a podcast with you wherever you are. Uh, I would like to hear your story. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that everybody's story needs to be heard. There's at least one person out there that will connect with what you have to say. And maybe, you know, and then they, they will end up uh, potentially changing their life, making a change to their what they're doing because they heard that you did it. Uh, the music wrapped around this. Actually, today the music wrapped around this is a song or some some music by the by the guest today. So uh, we'll talk about that as we get going here, and uh, I'll just leave that alone because I don't remember the name of the song, and I'll just get with you, Jim, in just a minute to do that to 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 get uh, that information. Um, so I'm going to wrap his music around it. Um, what else? Twelve Step Spiritual Recovery. Go out to Amazon, uh, get the book by James Christopher Cohn. Uh, it is this thing that's changed my life and the life of so many of my tribe, uh, working the 12 steps in this optimized way that is described in that book. It's laid out. You don't have to have an ism. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to be anything. You can just, if you just have a little bit of room for better in your life, I can promise you, I can actually guarantee that the working these steps and applying these principles in your life will create a little bit better. And I think what you're actually going to find is going to be a whole lot better, but I don't want to sell you that. I'll sell you a little bit because you might buy a little bit. Uh, TSSR is what we're calling it 12 Step Spiritual Recovery by James Christopher Cohn on Amazon you can get a hard copy of it or Kindle version uh, also when you do that please go out and leave a review uh, it's real important in all these sites like that that we support one another and we leave reviews that's the way the uh, that's the way the virtual world knows people care is when we take a minute to put a review out there so please do that too uh, so we'll get to today's topic. Uh, to, you know, I'm, I'm playing around with this podcast and then one of the things we have is a yoga, my yoga, uh, I'll just, the, the, I'll just say my yoga teacher. Let's just say that I got plenty of them, but the one that owns the studio and had her come on and talk about how she came to a, a better way of living through a practice of yoga. Um, I've recently crossed over 600 days of, uh, of no nicotine, no, not, not, not. It was cold turkey from 607 days ago. So, uh, and so that's an interesting thing too, is to set down this stuff that's not working for me. You know, we all know that, you know, and from what I understand, the nicotine's not actually the problem. It's actually the, the drug. It's the delivery systems that's so bad for you, the dipping and the smoking and all that. And we just know the jury is in. That stuff kills you. It's not, it's not a question anymore. And, uh, and, and you're sitting around do it, committing suicide slowly, not unlike I did with drugs and alcohol, uh, using the delivery systems that nicotine give me. So I fell into, uh, fell into the path of a, of a bunch of guys who were quitting nicotine and, and I, and I, and I particularly bonded with one specifically, uh, he has 10 days on the nose more quit on this go around than I do. Um, and, and we met on a website. We've never actually met face to face, but we've uh, been in constant contact pretty much, you know, on a daily basis for the past 607 days. And uh, so he's got a fascinating story and probably knows more about quitting nicotine than anybody I know, actually. And uh, it has the same kind of story of coming in and, and using it 
and, and having periods of sobriety, so to speak, having periods of quit is what we call it, and then deciding to pick up again. And, you know, that story is the same kind of drum. The, the, you know, that's the classic addiction story. So uh, welcome, Jim, to the podcast. Uh, I, I've been looking forward to doing this. We've been talking about it for quite some time. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And uh, thanks for having me on anyway, Dan. And if I go back and forth between Dan and Dog, uh, yeah, I, I, we'll get to that, uh, our nicknames and whatnot. But. Yeah, and that was something I was going to talk to you about before the podcast, too. If you, How did you want me to refer to you? Because we got into that whole nicotine the quitting thing, and, and we go by these pseudonyms and these usernames on the site. And that's what my name is Dog on Hunt on the site. And that's been a pseudonym I've used on the net for quite some time. I actually have a YouTube channel we may talk about that I did some videos and I've had for quite some time a few things kind of set that down so if here's the dog that's where that comes from and jim is do you want to go down that just let you have uh, some air time either uh either the colonel or colonel no cope as in copenhagen which was my uh my nicotine uh, delivery uh of choice and was for quite some time yeah that uh I, i had almost i had almost like so like in my phone you're still cnc Jim, and uh so in back then but like i completely kind of lay that down you know and if it's been shortened to the colonel and i'll talk about you or talk to you uh that's the nicknames on the group meetings and the things we use so i see that i was also reading back through my little uh letter my little manifesto i wrote when uh we got banned off that website and and i saw that uh i had you know i had your actual username in there that i think it was colonel underscore no underscore cope right yep yep yep, yep that yep, was it yep so it was actually typed out like that and i had not seen that written in some time so we'll bounce around from the colonel dog and and dan and jim and there's really just two of us here but it might sound like there's four yeah well just like the old days yeah uh, dan number one dog number two <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a blast, and 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 this stuff has uh, not been quitting nicotine was was no picnic for sure, and uh, and you've had a go around with it. So one of the things that you know, just like to build this connection with who the who the personality here is, uh, and I think that's you know I keep on beating this little drum as the guy says, um, uh, connection is the opposite of addiction. We don't think, you know, it says, uh, so the, actually what happens, and I see it like in that site and the way we're doing now, is building connections with one another is really how I stopped using. You know, it wasn't putting down the substance. Yeah, that did it. But it was building connections with other humans that were doing that had the same goals in alignment with me. Uh, so uh, well, f- to come full circle there, to build this connection with the listeners a little bit, I think it's cool to give an idea about how you grew up, where you came from, what you do, that kind of stuff. And uh Okay. And and what you know, we're just kind of doing uh, what we do in a typical twelve step. And I'm kind of feeling my way through this. Is that we say what we 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 tell our story in a general way, what it was like. So that's like what it used to be like. What happened? What the things that made us like decide to change our lives? That's the what happened. And then what it's like now that we're free from the substance or free from the lifestyle, the stuff that we had behind us. So what it was like. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, how you grew up and, and what brought you to today. Okay. Well, uh, I'll uh, follow your lead and uh, you just uh, guide me in the right direction. But um, October 8th, 2017 is my quit date. So that's 617 days, but in no way, shape or form, um, the beginning of my attempts to, re- to, to get off of nicotine. 
And uh, going back uh, my childhood, both my parents smoked. I mean, they smoked like chimneys, especially my mom. There was never a time that she didn't have a cigarette in her mouth. And they smoked inside. Back in those days, it was not uncommon to walk into an office, uh, uh, a house, and basically fight your way through a fog of cigarette smoke. Yeah. And I just thought it was normal, you know? But uh, other than that, I it, I had a wonderful childhood. I had great parents, both of them ex-military. Um, not, not for a career, not like me, but uh, mom was in the Army, believe it or not. My mom wore combat boots. It's not oh, an wow. insult to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dad was a Navy guy. Um, so it just, it, 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 I grew up watching war movies and, and, and hearing, you know, the, the stories from my parents. And I said, that's just, that's what I want to do. I want to do that for the rest of my life. Uh, you might say I was born to be a soldier. Yeah. And which also ties in, unfortunately, uh, ties into, uh, the nicotine thing, be it cigarettes or chew or dip it. It was very much a part of that uh, um, that environment, but uh, I learned because of my brother um, that uh, tobacco's bad. He said it all the time, and Mom, Dad, you need to quit. You're gonna die. Now, okay, a kid hears this, and what's he gonna do? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, you just, if you want me to do something, tell me not to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mom, Mom, you gotta quit smoking. I don't want you to die. Oh. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. Well, okay. But Doug says you are. And I think this was, yeah, this was in the seventies when you started, you know, they started putting those surgeon general, you know, warnings on the packs and, um, more and more commercials about tobacco being bad. Uh, and as a kid, you just grab onto that and you would have thought that I would never, ever touch tobacco of any type in an environment like that. Um, so, had, well, long story short with my parents, they both died as a result of, uh, their tobacco habit. Um, yeah. You know, you, you almost forget about that, you know, like getting on airplanes and smoking on airplanes. Uh, when I first started working at the job that I held for so long, uh, we all had, you know, one of the things I, my eyes came open big time when I saw, I can sit at my desk and smoke, man. I'd bring my <laughs> Stanley thermos full of coffee and, you know, you would burn a lot of cigarettes in a day. You didn't smoke oh, yeah. that many of them, but man, they sat in the ashtray and burned away, you know. <laughs> and uh, it ended, I mean, you had to show up at work with a couple packs of cigarettes to get through an eight-hour day because it was almost like burning incense all day or something. And I can't imagine the poor people who sat around me. And, and now today to think about how insensitive it totally, how insensitive it was to sit there by these other people and just fog them with my cigarette smoke. Yeah, but it was so normal. Day. It was. It was completely normalized. Yep. And I had a buddy, uh, a lieutenant friend of mine at my first unit. He had a dip in his mouth, a cigarette, and a huge jug of, of <laughs> coffee. And he yeah. drank black coffee. And that guy, my goodness, he was he was juiced the entire day. Yeah. And I, I think about it now, and, you know, I, that would have given me a headache, let alone a heart attack. Yeah, I can't, I just can't. It just, it just doesn't even compute anymore to, to, to think about that. 
But as we'll uh, no doubt tell stories, uh, stories upon stories about how stupid we were. Yep. So did you start? When did you, how about what time? How about how? Well, let me ask you this. Since you were in the military, you probably bounced around, didn't you? Or did you have a solid foundation where you grew up in a certain location? Um, no, I, I bounced all over yeah. the world. And it's not solid. That's not the right word. But you know what I mean? More a static, no, no static location. So, yeah, you were all over the place. So that's interesting. Uh, that's a tough life to grow. You know, that's a that's a tough place to, to do. And, you know, some of the stuff is peer pressure, I'm sure. So do you remember when you had your like first when you decided to first <laughs> use some nicotine? Yes, I do. Uh, gosh. And like all guys, well, I'll, I'll say all guys, but, yep, you know, that's OK. Air quotes. Um, I was, I was doing it to look cool, mm-hmm. to impress the girls, you know, yep. at, at this bar back when you could smoke in bars, um, it, well, at my, at my college, you could get into a bar at 19, but you couldn't drink until you're 21. We mm-hmm. all know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there were guys smoking and guys dipping and, you know, here I am in ROTC. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be that tough guy that, you know, really part of the, you know, the, the cool crew and uh that's where i lit my first cigarette i wish i never had but i never i didn't unlike bill clinton i didn't i really did not inhale oh really i just let it dangle there because i thought it was cool yeah how long how do you think you were oh gosh i I was 19 okay all right so you were wow you waited a while i started i know i picked up my first uh i don't really know when i first started dipping i think i was or not dipping actually my first remembrance of tobacco was my grandfather's mammoth cave chewing tobacco that came in like a rope it was dry and you had to cut a piece off with a pocket knife and i saw him doing that and when he walked off i went you know i'm gonna get me some of that and i remember not liking it one bit but that was the first time because it got that buzz from the uh from the from the nicotine and then later on it wasn't very much past that i was in my you know i was 14 or so uh, best i can remember i i took some of my mom's cigarettes because she smoked too and uh and and took a few of her marlboro reds and went and and i still remember i mean like almost not be able to stand up i had to lean against something so that i could keep my balance oh yeah and i'll when i tell you about my first actual uh nicotine um adventure i was the same way it was so powerful i I couldn't stand up yeah i was so so damn dizzy and uh but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm listening to you. I just kind of want to chime in on the uh, first. The, I want to make a point. I don't know why, but like I like to know about what age somebody was when they first stepped into it. So you actually escaped that. Being growing up with the cloud of nicotine around you for a while, at 19, you actually made it, in my mind, quite a ways before deciding to pick some of that stuff up. Yeah, but you know, if you think about it, uh, and everybody talks about secondhand smoke and secondhand buzz and all right, that. Yeah, yeah. For all I know, I've been juiced on nicotine my entire life and just didn't know it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the first time you actually uh, purposely used. You've been using since you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the first time I tried dip, we were at the same bar. It was in O'Malley's. It was a truly a basement bar. Uh, you know, just filthy environment, just sticky floors, and uh, it was packed every Friday. I mean, you were fighting to get through the crowd holding these small cups of beer, um uh, and spilling it all over each other and and then one of my buddies this uh super badass this guy uh when i looked at him i said this guy's going to be special forces guaranteed wow and yeah and believe it or not years later that's exactly what he is but uh he he dipped a uh, kodiak mm. 
and he looks at me and goes, uh, I see you, uh, see you're curious. You want some? And of course, well, I'm, I'm not going to say no, because I'm going to be the tough guy too. Yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> all I remember is once that nicotine kicked in and I got that super buzz, uh, Brad said my head was in the garbage can. I, uh, hacking it up, uh, spitting it out, trying to rinse out my mouth and, but it was the most incredible feeling um, that I've ever had. Well, ultimately, some people had probably had similar experiences with other substances, but I, I just was like, you know what? I don't like this, but I think I could get used to it. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And the, the next time I actually did it willingly... Um, I was out in the field on a, uh, a field exercise. I think I was, yeah, I was still a cadet. And I tried Copenhagen. We were on a patrol. We were tired. We'd been up walking through the woods all night. And I bummed uh, some Copenhagen off of a buddy. And as we were all, I was in a, the kneeling position. Basically, we called it pulling security, uh, security halt. And I put that in, and my head started spinning. But I was prepared for it this time. It kept me awake. It made me alert. And that was truly, at that point, the beginning of my uh, my true addiction. Because after that, uh, I quit bumming, started buying. And then ended up... Uh, with a very serious habit. The, uh, I don't know if I remember this and if this is true or not, but, uh, it's, I seem to have recall something about Copenhagen having a lot more addictive quality, <laughs> a lot more nicotine or than, than even the other kinds of dip. You know, and I say it's true, uh, only because of all the other dips that I've tried, they all tasted like candy. They would sweeten it up with sugar or, or, you know, you got the peppermints and the spearmints. And I know there's probably going to be listeners that are laughing at me. Um, but to me, that was all candy. Yeah. And Copenhagen has a very gritty, salty flavor to it. And it, it it's basically like a shot in the arm. Hmm. It, but in this case, a shot in the lip. Because it's going straight into your bloodstream. Uh, faster than a cigarette. Yep. Um, and it's just instantaneous high and tell me <laughs> that the first time you get something like that tell me you're not gonna go wow this yeah, right. is cool yeah no doubt about it man uh i always dipped grizzly or well, i dripped uh, dipped skull long cut straight i didn't like the real fine particles and i remember somebody sharing some copenhagen with me but man it's like i just couldn't i couldn't keep that together in my mouth i couldn't keep that dip under control and then yeah, somebody, we called them floaters yeah somebody <laughs> somebody shared some long cut with me at that point and i remember and it was skull long cut straight back then because yep. there was something else that and, and somebody had also you know i'd have tampered around or uh tampered uh played around with uh some of the mint ones too but they didn't do me i just couldn't for whatever reason i didn't i didn't like it uh but man that skull long cut straight man when I, when my buddy gave it to me and i remember i was at a ballpark i was a little league i was a little league baseball player when the first time somebody gave that to me and, uh, and, and then, you know, and back then I, we didn't, you know, there wasn't any issue with going to the store and buying dip as a, you know, at 12, 
14. I don't really know. Again, you know, when you listen to my story, I'll tell you the timeline doesn't work. I got yep. no idea when. Uh, I, another one, I think it's I say. If I knew I was going to have to tell, retell this story, I'd have kept better track. But, exactly. I would have had better notes too. Yeah, but once I found that, and then I, the skull got outpriced, and somebody turned me on to the grizzly, and then forever and ever, and I don't really remember, you know, again, this timeline and how long it's been around. I would tell you that grizzly is a fairly new product. Uh, but it probably fact of the matter, I've probably been dipping it for 20 years. <laughs> I, I don't really know. Oh, I, uh, I think I was, uh, when I finally got around to get my act together, I think it was a 20 year habit. And I started on school, uh, long cut as well, uh, at, as a regular, because with like you, I had problems with the, the control of the, you know, the, the, the turd in the lip, you know? Yep. yep. And I would get the floaters and I just, it, it was not my thing then. I was not skilled at my addiction. Um, so, yeah, I did the school long cut. It stayed together better. Um, but when I... I can't remember why I... I think so many more guys that I was uh, serving with did Copenhagen than school. Yep. It just became became easier for us to, you know, to bum uh, dips off of, you know, hey, man, you got a can? Yeah. Uh, well, as long do, as they weren't double dippers. Right. And we do that a lot in a lot of different places in our lives. You know, I mean, I tended to like me and my buddies all drank the same kind of beer. You know, it was just it was just convenient for the most part. You know, we could share beers. We all had, you know, we, we when I went to get some, you know, so that I would think the same thing. You know, me and my brother and the guys around me dipped the same brand. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. We You create you form a click in, in a way, you know, or your dependency group. Yep. Because, by God, you know, hey, if I don't have some, I, I know Joe around the corner, He's he's got to have some. Right. I'm, I have to have it. Yeah. yeah, you go on a fishing trip or whatever, and you knew you had some backup, because between the two of you, you'd probably have enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's horrible, but it's the same, same story for pretty much uh, every substance I can think of. Yep. You, you just, you, you start hanging around, people calling the, you know, that's the bad element. But, you know, they, they yeah. were sporting what you needed. Yep. And the flip side and, of that is, man, when you start getting low, man, it's like, yeah, do you have any? Well, man, I'm running low, you know. I, I'm not looking to share all of a sudden. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I, I only got enough for one last dip, and that's enough to get me to the store. Yeah, right. <laughs> God knows how many times I said that. No, man, I had... I don't have another cigarette for you. I don't have enough dip to get me to the store already. Yeah, and you know, you said a word a minute ago about being when you were out on that, and I think, and forgive me, because I don't have any military background. Oh, man, I don't like that doing that. Uh, did that change anything? Yeah, it did. No? Oh. Ha, I turned my mute on. I wonder how I'm going to be able to do that. I uh, have an email pop up, and it makes a singing song in my phone in here, and uh, none had to try. But you know, that's side the point. Um People just have to deal with a little bit of that. This is, as I've said, my podcast is raw and natural. And if the dog comes in barking or my compressor starts up or I get an email, you're just going to get that. It's not a highly produced, uh, sterile environment. So going back to and that. I'm hardly refined myself. Yeah. So I, it'll be yeah. And I, you know, well, I try to do all that, you know, and I just, I'm just not that polished and I'm not going to pretend to be. Uh, so what you said when you were out on patrol, I think is what you were saying. That's yep, where I yep. started apologizing. I have this habit of apologizing for my deficiency. So when I don't know something, I want to put it out there in front to go, hey, I'm sorry. I don't know much about this, but here uh, I'll try to break that habit. But anyway, you're out on patrol. So the third I heard you say is that you put that dip in, man, and your alertness. 
the fact that it how much it and that's one thing i still remember and i'd forgotten that like until you just said it there'd be times when i'm like a little bit in like even better than coffee or something but like the compact the combination of a big fat dip and some coffee and then i'm on point right my yeah. laser beam focused man uh and, and yeah that nicotine sure did man it really did it kept me alert it kept me at uh what i thought was at some performance level that i needed to be at and that's what I was just going to add. I thought of it as a performance enhancer. Uh, well, I, I couldn't stay awake without this. So, you know, I'll forget about the health hazard. And because uh, I need to be alert. I need to have my, my act together because, by God, um, the mission needs me on my toes at all times. Right. Kind of kind of silly and, you know, all that young bravado crap. You know, hell, I could have stood in, you know, back then, you know, you could stand in front of a tank and a tank ain't going to make a dent in you right. because you're invincible. Yeah. The <laughs> Superman complex is what we call it. Yeah. And I, I really, uh, I might not come out and say it, but I, I believe that. Right. You know, that, you know, I, I'm not going to be one of those old broken down 50 year olds. Well, look at me now. Right. Yeah. It won't happen to me. Yep. Uh, these guys just didn't take good care of themselves. They weren't they weren't watching out for these, uh, you know, the the hazards of growing old. Oh, my God, I'm going to be better. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, so, so here that, a common theme too, and that's another thing. And it seemed like, and I'm not really sure this could be an illusion too, but man, the the nicotine uh, world, and specifically for dipping uh, in the military, seems like everybody that was uh, in service someplace seems to dip. I mean, even some of the female dippers we know, and I know that's actually where they started dipping was in their while they were in while they were uh, serving our country. I believe it. I believe it. And uh, uh, what's funny is, okay, you say you don't have any military experience, but since you were a uh, you were in sports, Mm -hmm. and the the way nicotine, especially dipping or chewing, more chewing for uh, uh, ball players back then, I believe. Um, but it was, if you didn't, you weren't, you know, you just weren't serious about, you know, what you were doing. And, uh, so the same in the army, it was, and I don't believe this, but it was kind of a common, uh, common saying was officers dipped, enlisted men smoked. Oh, really? That's somebody actually had the balls to tell me that as I was standing there smoking a cigarette. And I was a captain. Hmm. Like, uh, you know what? That just made me smoke harder. Yeah. Because I'm like, nobody's going to tell me anything. That's that's judgmental. You know, come on now. Get off your high horse. So, yeah, you I, know, I even had a full colonel tell me I'd, yeah, officers, officers don't smoke. A full colonel told me that. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sir, you know what? Uh, he also busted me out about my mustache, too. Mm. And come to find out his wife leans over. We were at a, uh, one of the clubs in Korea. He's telling me that I shouldn't have a mustache. I shouldn't smoke. And his wife, when he got up to go use the latrine, his wife leaned over and over and went to, you know, uh, Rick used to smoke and Rick did have a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, there's a little bit of a, there certainly is a thing on these people who are X whatever's, you know, and I can find myself in that in both my, in the, in, in my 12 step world and in my nicotine world that, uh, 
where I'm, now that I'm an ex-dipper, and, and I quit smoking in 2003, actually, when, when my son was born. Um, so I smoked for, for years and years and years, but, you know, looking back at it now, all I did was change delivery methods. I used to smoke and dip, and then I quit smoking, and I just dipped more. You know, mm, mm. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I never quit anything. I didn't never quit the drug uh, until, you know, 607 days ago. But uh, exactly. And that's where the patch thing is. Uh, I honestly, it's a joke. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you know what? If it works for you guys out there, more perfect. Yep. But it, it just simply did not work for me because I knew I was an addict. Yep. And uh, as I told Full you, I, bore. I actually had a conversation with a guy, one of my buddies, because, you know, now that I have. Uh, now that I have some quit behind me, you know, the people in my 12 step circles who still use nicotine will come to me and ask me occasionally, Hey man, I'm thinking about stopping smoking. How'd you do it? You know, one of the bad things is that when I share, you know, how I actually did it for 119 days is not how I'm doing it today. The fundamentals are the same, but so I have a little, we'll get into that a little bit later. Cause I would send them to the, you know, I would, I would actually really, Jim, I would like to be able to send them to this website and say, here, these guys will help you. But there's something in me I can't. Uh, that's not something I can do today. Uh, I do share it with yeah. them, and I do tell them how I did it, uh, and I and I tell them what that what that is. Uh, but that was actually primarily a dipping site too. So like these guys are smoking. But back to my original story, he was going talking about patches and gum and lozenges and all that. And mm-hmm. you know, it come down to going. You know, were you? Well, I ask him this question. You know, were you ever able to moderate your drug and alcohol use? You know, whichever one or both for this for this guy here was mostly uh, alcohol guy. He was out. He's a. It's rare nowadays that we run into pure alcoholics. <laughs> uh, it seems like everybody does some of both. But this guy's mm-hmm. a, a drinker. He never did. He never did do drugs. And, uh, and I said, were you ever able to moderate your alcohol use? And he said, nope, I never was. I said, what makes you think you're going to be able to moderate your, uh, your nicotine use? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. You know, cause I'm going to, I'm going to circle back. It's like the same thing, you know, after some years of quitting, you can share on that is that, you know, once you picked it up again, we're back off into the races and, and using again. So this guy wants to know that, but most of the time people, you know, they come so far. I have actually, I have a zero batting percentage on people. That's one. Well, I shouldn't say that uh, our buddy Quentin is still quit. You know, he's had his struggles and whatnot, but he's up over 200 days now. Yes, he's he moving is. along pretty well. Good job. So, uh, so he's actually one person who, uh, who actually has some nicotine quit and success behind him. Now I have another friend who did it completely at the same time. Me and him quit about the same time. But he did it on his own. Uh, I had to give him some props. My buddy Shane, his story is on here too. He just sat down to dip, and he was like me, man. We we, we had a dip in our lip. You know, if it was at all possible, we had one. And he's 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 right with me too. So he's someplace in the neighborhood, but he doesn't use anything. He just he's just a dude who was able to just set it down, man. Yeah. And now, in all fairness, though, uh, I mean, both of those individuals <clears throat> had uh, a support system. Yeah, they do, no doubt. And I. I Absolutely. Mean, Q ought to know that if he even thinks about touching uh, a cigarette again, he's going to catch, you know, going to catch hell from you. Yep. I'm going to punt him right in the nuggets. And yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, he right. doesn't want to go through that again. No, he don't. That's for sure. He does not want <laughs> so, to do that. Yeah, so hat tip to you, Q. I, yeah, I want to make sure that your name gets out there too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was supposed to say, I quit. Yeah, and then we'll come back. I thought I was going to say I had no success in anybody, or and it's not my success, but to people who come to me asking me how did I do it, very few of them actually follow up on it, and that just goes to the testament of what the nicotine, how deep the hooks are. You know, the guy wants to stop, right? 
and he comes and he asks a guy how to do it. And when a guy gives him, and you know, and what I do is I'll offer him the accountability that you and I and Billy and our friends and stuff can provide him and say, you know, we will help you do this. Uh, and here's how we'll do it, you know, but you know, then I get crick. Okay, man. Well, let me give it some thought. And, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've learned I, that one. And then I don't hear from him again, but that, like I said, that's a testament to what that nicotine is. No joke, man. I, I, when I came into quitting, I thought I'd quit some stuff that was harder. And, uh, and I, and it didn't take me long to change my mind that, uh, I'm not so sure that nicotine may not have been the hardest thing to quit. I, you know, and uh, I think everybody discounts it because of the, it's well, still remains socially acceptable. Yeah. So at some level less so today, but it is still exactly. I mean, people still do it. Yep. A lot of folks will turn their nose up to them. How can you smoke outside? What do you mean outside? Yeah. I mean, what, the trees are going to get a secondhand buzz for my cigarette smoke? What are you talking about? Yeah. In Indiana, the signs all say you got to be eight foot away from the door to smoke. Eight oh, foot. I know. Yeah, so I'm going to carry around a tape measure. <laughs> you know, Uncle Sam started putting up those, and it was 25 feet oh, yeah. from the nearest point of entry. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm going to walk in. It's going to be on my clothes. So you're going to smell it whether you like it or not. Yep. No doubt about it. The, but, uh, yeah. You know, I was going to circle back to on another thing, and I hope we're not bouncing around too much. Uh, this is just more of a conversation about quitting nicotine, and, uh, and I also want to get your story worked in here, so I don't want to abandon it completely. But, again, it's going. this is going to be what it ends up being, and, and I'm not worried about uh, – I, I don't have a script, so I'm certainly not worried about leaving the script. But – when my my brother was in the military, uh, he's uh, thirty months younger than me. So, and and you and I are the same age, almost right on top of each other within a year. And uh, so, when he came into the military, the smoking started would be frowned upon him. When he went to boot camp, I'm pretty sure they did not allow him to smoke in boot camp. Hmm. Uh, it was starting to be a uh, it was starting to be something that they were not they were frowning upon. And but you know and and so what what he what they did is they snuck dips and they weren't really supposed to be doing that either but you know, you can sneak a dip you know it's damn tough to sneak a cigarette in boot camp apparently uh, yeah, I have no personal uh, experience but uh, so you know he started doing that doing doing that and because of the like I said the smoking was unacceptable but it appeared to me at least from where I looked at was that the dipping was not so frowned upon. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you're on to something there, too. Because uh, when I was at ranger school, uh, you couldn't smoke there. And this was hard, mind you, to be told you can't do your addiction. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to stick you in a scenario where you can't get it. I literally can't go out. You, you don't have the freedom to go buy it. So, yeah, it pushed me into, uh, I always had, to the limit. Because I also limited how much you could have uh, through, through the duration of that school. And I'll tell you what, uh, Dan, that was 91 days of hell. Yeah. I mean, that school is some tough stuff. And it's not it's not what you're doing. It's basically the whole thing is designed to find your strengths and your weaknesses. Right. And and determine how far you can go under the most adverse, of, uh, uh, adverse circumstances. Well, for me, it was part of it was... Uh, basically knowing if I had enough at the time, again, it was school cause it was early on. And, uh, um, uh, what was that? Uh, red man, golden blend. That was red man. Wasn't it? The golden blend. Yeah. I don't, I never did chew a lot. Yeah. Me neither. It, it was only for ranger school because I was allowed to have, if I did 
chew and dip, I would have twice as much. Ah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of, oh, I'm only going to have skulls. So that's, you know. I, so that's another addict type of uh, deal there is that um, I'm going to like double up on my substances so that I can make sure to have enough of it. You know, I'm going to, it's like a doctor shopping kind of thing for a pill head. <laughs> exactly. You know, by God, I got to make sure it, this might be a little different than this one. It, you know, a different kind of buzz, a little different kind of, I might have to do more of this, but. I'm still going to get my fix by God. Right. Yep. One way or another. And I can't remember where I was going with that. There, there was the a golden blend and a ranger school and something about the, um, we were, we were on the line of being, whether well, it was uh, okay or not, as far as, uh, Oh, right, right, and, right. Yeah. And, and how dipping and chewing, um, is more acceptable in the military, especially in field circumstances. That's where I was going. Cause when you're out in the field, you can smell cigarette smoke. Uh, well, I'll exaggerate, but a mile away, you can smell somebody smoking a cigarette. And at nighttime, you can see the cherry on a cigarette I was gonna for two that. miles. Yeah, I was going to ask that question too, no doubt. Yeah, so, you know, if you're if you're dipping or chewing, uh, you know, you are, you're, you, you've got the noise and light discipline. And that's, that's why they kind of, I guess that's, probably part of the institutional reason for the acceptance of uh, uh, the the chewing tobacco aspect. Yeah, it can be camouflaged a little easier. Yeah, and which just made it easier. And, you know, I'm getting the, 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 the two thumbs up of approval. You know, I've got my addiction, but by God, at least I'm not going to get shot at night. Yeah. So yeah, fun. we're not going to, you know, that's there, you know, no matter what the consequences. So like in this case, you know, uh, the potential consequence is somebody's going to shoot your ass, right? <laughs> oh, and, yeah. When I'm got... not going to stop using. I'm just going to change the way I'm using. You know. Now here's, uh, uh, it, it, you know, I'll I'll take. You know, that's it's, it's funny, but I there's a serious story here too, um, that I, I want to share because it shows the level of where addiction will take you. Even if it is tobacco, and I, I believe wholeheartedly that people uh, just really don't appreciate how bad this addiction is. Yeah, I agree. Um, but when I was in Iraq, um, there was a a building that had. I, I was a communication guy, as you remember. I, I, I was all about phones and radios and this and that. And I had a crew of uh, some of the uh, the best. Uh, communication soldiers the army's ever seen and I, I mean that uh, and if for whatever reason they uh, would hear this um, I appreciate everything they did but that also made me want to go out and uh, I wanted I didn't want to be a desk guy or as some people call a fobbit you know you stay on the on the base and you don't venture out from the, the, the confines of the office that was not me so there's a building that had all the the phone switches in it or the punch down boards. And uh, it was a, a, a more secure building. It had the, uh, the basically an Air Force, um, basically like the Air Force military intelligence guys, the counter uh, counter intel guys. And, but I had to get in there to troubleshoot phones. And this one guy, every time I went there, he was outside, he was smoking his cigar. And 
And believe it or not, yes, you're, you're getting your nicotine fix with cigars. That's why people do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because people uh, say, well, I don't inhale. Yeah. I, right. I didn't inhale dip either. <laughs> or not purposely. Well, uh, you know, that's another story. That's that's the depths of depravity with dipping. Because, yes, I I have I've gutted the. Yeah, swallowing would be the. God. Yeah, yeah. Swallowing I used be, to do that shit. Yeah, that would be the uh, equivalent of not inhaling on a dip, wouldn't it? Be yeah, swallowing. exactly. Although you're still getting the drug big time, no matter if you swallow. But I just can't imagine. I guess you get. I, I don't know. I wonder. And I don't know. You get matter. an ulcer guaranteed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So I would go, whenever I'd show up, the guy would be out there with a cigar. I'd have a cigarette with him. And then I'd go inside, do my work. And by God, I earned another cigarette when I came out, right? You know, yeah, whether it right. took me 15 minutes or 45, you know, I, I earned another cigarette. And he would be out there again. It's like we were on this schedule. And uh, this one time, uh, I'd, I left. It was probably around 4 in the afternoon. And I'm headed back to the office, and we get hit by a mortar attack. Um, and it, it was routine. We got hit every day, multiple times a day. And uh, the I remember the next day, not thinking anything of it, it did impact, uh, did detonate, um, and I didn't hear anything else. So the next day, I go back to that same building and come to find out Mr. Cigar Guy uh, was outside when that mortar hit and splattered them all over the wall. Oh, really? And wow, that's a that's a that's a risk of uh, of using that you weren't prepared yeah. for. And and that was that's the whole point of the story, not the shock effect. But yeah, maybe to shock some people into thinking um, the lengths that we will go to get our fix. And. You know, if it means standing out during a mortar attack, uh, we would do it. And this guy did it, and he paid the uh, the ultimate price. Yeah. Oof. And I'll tell you, there I, I've got even more stories. You know, the same deployment, I had I'd, a rocket attack goes off, hits in the middle of the base where we stored all the confiscated munitions, right? Yep. Of uh, rockets of and bombs of all sizes. And a rocket comes over the over the berm, doesn't hit anything significant, but starts a brush fire. And it burns over and goes right to what's called an AHA, ammunition holding area, and sets off all these munitions. I've never heard of that before. Oh, it was... AHA. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, AHA. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, in this case, it was definitely an AHA, because when that shit started going off... Yeah. It was incredible. And... I mean, anywhere from, you know, bullets to 500-pound bombs were cooking off. And what did I do? Once the alarm goes off, I go out. I link up with my commo chief. We make sure all our guys are accounted for. They're in the bunkers. And I call him the bear. And this guy looked like Mike Singletary. Oh, yeah? I mean, he had these intense eyes. And he was big like, like Mike Singletary. And... Instead, me and the bear are out there smoking a cigarette, standing up in the open as all these munitions are going off. Until (laughs) when the 500-pounders started going off, I was looking around the corner with a cigarette in my mouth, looking around the corner from behind this this bunker. The sucker goes off, and I I basically get sandblasted. And it was the cleanest shave I've ever had. I, I felt my skin. Once all the sand was off, 
was like I had just put a, you know, a razor to my face. And I was like, you know what? I'm starting to think this isn't too smart, Bear. Maybe we ought to finish up this cigarette and go into the bunker with everybody else. Yeah. And it, But we're going to finish it. We're going to finish our cigarette and then go inside as all these munitions are going off. And then the shrapnel starts flying. And we, we lived in what, what are called CHUs, Containerized Housing Units. <laughs> all these acronyms. And, oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're made of acronyms. Yeah. CHUs. Yeah. And so they're, they're made of metal with metal roofs. And so we started hearing the, the small shrapnel hitting the, the roofs. Yeah, it sounded like a hailstorm, right? Yeah. And then the big chunks started flying. Man. And I was like, uh, bear, fuck this. Let's go. Uh, and yeah, then we went in the bunker. And that's when a whole line of these 500 started cooking. And I thought about it going, you know what? All that so I can have a cigarette? Yeah. What if one of those chunks hit me on the head? Or anywhere else for that matter. Yeah. I, I'd be a big bloody mess. And for what? Just so I could have a cigarette. Yeah, so and I look, could have some tough. nicotine. Yeah, pretty stupid, man. And uh, I mean, we all have stories about the stupidity of this habit. Um, but the, the just the amount uh, or the lengths that we'll go just to satisfy it. Uh, driving in the middle of the night, walking in the middle of the night. Oh, by God, you know, it's a blizzard. And I have stood in four feet of snow so I could have my cigarette outside. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, what the hell? Do uh, Yeah, and so by this time, you know, I mean, um, we're not needed to doing it to look cool anymore, probably, you know. Uh, although there probably is a little bit of like that bravado stuff there, huh? Kind of like uh, the scenes in Apocalypse Now where he's standing smoking a cigarette <laughs> in the face of the danger. Oh, and that's what it felt like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm Colonel Kilgore, by God. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Right, yeah. <laughs> I love the smell of my Marlboro lights in the morning. Yeah. That is... Uh, hmm. And then I would, I would, I'd finish off the cigarette and go in the office and bammo right then I put a dip in. Yeah. As soon as you get inside. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, this building up to the next step obviously is what happened. But, um, as my addiction increased and my, my hunger for nicotine increased at, at my heyday in Iraq, I was smoking an entire pack of cigarettes and dipping a half a can of Copenhagen per day or an entire can of Copenhagen and a half a pack of cigarettes. Wow. I was I I was I was buzzing the whole deployment. And that's 400 days of you know mega addiction. And for me it was stress relief. I don't know why somebody thinks that Getting a buzz from nicotine is relieving stress. I don't understand why we thought it was relaxing, but we fooled ourselves into believing that. Yep. Yep. Another uh, just a, a cornerstone of, of typical addiction of us, uh, the lie we tell ourselves to keep on using, you know. Full and full of it. Yep. Full of lies, by God. Yep. You know, I mean, we do it. We do it with all kinds of substances. So the nicotine yeah, and my is the favorite- same thing. My favorite lie was, I can quit anytime I want to. Yep. Boy, if you heard that one before. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, stereotypical. It's a. I actually was thinking about doing like a talk, you know, because I've been coming up with for these podcasts and stuff. But that and and the, the coming out of the yoga teacher training thing was all the the big thing was the lies or the stories we're telling ourselves in order to continue to stay stuck or to continue to continue behaviors that are not good for us. And and you know that's a big one that 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 uh, I can quit anytime I want to. Another one, you know, just one more. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, but- you know, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Uh, yeah, you see, I can actually run down. I actually want. I've re- I've written down to quite a few of them, but all these little one-liner lies. That, and you, you know, when we get in around here, and you kind of, uh, we just call them newcomers. You know, when the newbies come around, and they they little they will toss those lies out. You know, and you're like, yeah, I just, uh, I, 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 because I got it, I can spot it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying your little. I'm not hurting anybody but myself thing. Uh, yeah, the the equivalent of the uh, passing the vet review. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the vets will tell you otherwise and and i don't mean military vets i mean the the recovery yep. vets yeah right yeah and you go uh yeah so let me talk to your mom about that not hurting anybody but yourself thing <laughs> yeah. or you know didn't you tell me once that your daughter your three-year-old baby picked up your spit bottle All right yeah and asked wow and held it up thinking hey this is something to drink boy don't you feel like a jackass now Right, yeah, and then when no kid, no, well, you pry into those things, you know. I mean, one of my one of my worst memories is when I would leave my home to go get more alcohol with my kids in bed when they were babies. Mm. You know, I would drive and like, and specifically, like, and you know, it's one thing when I would go down the street to my liquor store, but in this goofy state, up until now, we've changed the laws now, but for so long in Indiana, you could not buy alcohol on Sundays. Yeah, so uh, Illinois was, was the same way, or at least until noon. Right. Yeah. And that's the uh, same thing. In, well, in Kentucky that uh, you can't do it. I think it's one o'clock, but you couldn't at all on Sunday. So if it was Sunday night and I needed some more, I drove, I was driving from my house in New Albany to Louisville in the evening into a bad neighborhood because that was the closest liquor store to getting, you know, getting it. So I would drive into a shitty part of town in order to get my alcohol and come back and leave my kids there. So, you know, something could easily have happened to me over there. That would have made me not be able to return. Not not to mention, I'm drinking and driving. I'm drunk going and getting yep. it, you know. But those things that, uh, you know, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. And I, you know what? I I look back and I, I regret because I would take, uh, when, when the girls were still living in my house, I got daughters, you know, the twins. And uh, when they were still living in the house, uh, I would take long drives. Hey, uh, daddy's got to go to the store. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't leave them unattended. Uh, their their mom was here. The boys were here. And I'd take a long drive just to go nowhere in particular. Yep. But so I could dip. Yep. Without them seeing me. Uh, so, doing a ninja dipper thing. Just so you could use. Yeah. And uh, every now, I, I tried smoking or sneaking cigarettes. But my, my now ex-wife. She had, uh, she had a nose for that stuff. If I had a cigarette, she could smell it or taste it yeah. on me 96 hours after I had it. Wow. She was that good. <laughs> and I, I still, because, you know, it's my addiction. I, I, know how to, I know how to work this. So I had all the lies, all the stories, and plus I thought I could... Um, take measures so she would not know you know i had always had scope in the truck yep you know so i could rinse out the the tobacco smell i always had you know those listerine um those little strips uh, 
yeah, the strips. My God, those are awesome. But she could, uh, the cigarette smoke, it would come out of my mouth, but it'd be what was in my lungs. I was never smart enough to realize that no matter what I did, the easiest thing to do would be to not do it. Yep. But that actually is not an option when you're under the under the grips of the addiction. Yeah. I, I was ultimately, and I, I used to pride myself of being a, a fairly smart person, um, but hindsight being 2020, uh, when it came to addiction, uh, I am really stupid, even though I thought I was smart about it. Yeah. And I, right. I think that's the same for everybody. You, you, you probably uh, have heard that dozens, if not hundreds of times. Yeah, we think we're out square, outsmarting people, and then we get in the face of somebody who is down the path of like recovery, whatever that happens to be, you know, and, and you start like trying to toss off your stuff to them or our wives and loved ones, and we're trying to pull the wall over their eyes, you know. And ultimately, it's like almost sad how dumb we are, but we think we're so smart. Uh, we think we're pulling the wool over these other Oh man, there it goes again. We think we pulling the wool over these people's eyes, and uh, and and, and it's. <sighs> Wonder how I can make that stop without muting everything. Um, the uh, I totally lost my train of thought with that that dingling. The the deal is though, and it's just like the rest of this, this these substances hijack our operating system and we are smarter than that. We actually are. But it's got it's planted a seed like a computer virus in us. You know, the computer is not acting up on purpose. It would not. If it was clean and didn't have its virus, it wouldn't be doing the silly shit that it's doing. And the same thing with us. If those hooks of addiction if that disease and it is a disease thing in this in the fact of that it is monkeyed with your thinking apparatus it is like a mental condition that makes you think outside that you can kiss your wife after smoking a cigarette and she won't know it you know uh yeah that's that's that 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 switch that's flipped that flips it that it has flipped in your brain making you think that that's going to be okay and you're going to be able you know that that this time the other, yeah, I know it didn't work the other 150 times, but this time today, I think I can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just going to keep on saying, uh, oh, you're just making this up. Why are you coming down on me? You know, and and yes, hurting your loved ones. Yeah. Calling them, calling them a liar when in actuality you're telling all the lies. Yeah. I mean, I wanted uh, probably for the 100 times that I'd say, you know, make up some story about not smoking. Like I walked through a crowd of people that were smoking and it just stuck to my clothes. I use that God knows, uh, you know, probably a hundred times, if not more, but only 99 times or only one out of that 100 was it probably true. Right. And the rest of the time, uh, it was, I, I was just lying. I had, and I know that my ex did not like it. I, I know she didn't. She she didn't, you know, hide that fact from me. That she was very disappointed whenever I would go back to it. And I quit. I go back. I quit. I go back. I would go back, not tell anybody, hide it pretty good for a while, and then uh, get busted. And just is such a vicious cycle. Yep, yeah. the lion, the, what we do in that department, you know, is another obvious, you know, uh, piece of this addiction is the fact that we're lying about it. You know, anything I got to cover up, anything I got to hide like that uh, is obviously something that's uh, 
not in alignment with what I need to be doing. Yeah. So, mm. so let's talk about, uh, let's get into the quitting part of things and, uh, oh, yeah. and how you, uh, maybe, you know, I don't, uh, I really don't even know where to start on it. If you want to talk about how, when your first time you started feeling it was a problem or the first time you attempted to start quitting or. Well, I will, uh, I'll say after a 21 year career of, of tobacco use, you know, you, everybody that's tried to quit something, you've, you've quit dozens of times, right? Or yep. attempted to quit dozens of times. Some last, don't even last 12 hours. Some might last 12 months. Um, but the first time I decided I was going to get really serious. Um, yeah, really. I'm saying that again with quotation marks. Yeah, right. Really, really serious this time. I'm going to do it this time. Yeah. And... Uh, that's when I went to that website that we're talking about, uh, or have, have mentioned, and that came as a recommendation from my brother, who, by the way, I introduced him to Copenhagen, got him addicted, and as a dare, oh, basically. Yeah? yeah, I mean, talk about the, you know, going back briefly to the stupid stuff we do to hurt others. I dared him. I said, quit making fun of it. You know, put your money where your lip is. And then you tell me whether this is a stupid habit or not. And he got addicted and he mm. tipped solid for 10 years. Um, but anyway, he told me about this website that, I mean, it, talk about brutal and we'll talk about that later, but it, it worked for a while. And I, I definitely made my hundred days. Um, which just for was, those out there, that's uh, and there is some addiction science that goes with that ninety to hundred days kind of window is a real big breakthrough of breaking through the other side of the addiction. So that particular thing uh, in the, in this nicotine world, I say, and I think I uh, what I say to my friends when I talk about it is that we celebrate zeros. So like even 10, 20, 30 days, we celebrate those. And then the 100 day is uh, where the big, like the first big breakthrough in in, the, in my 12 step stuff, the first breakthrough is a year. Uh, but then, and so you said you went, you made it to the 100 days. That's why that's a significant, I just want the listeners to understand why that's a significant number in our world there. Yeah. And, and it's, it doesn't change anything. You're still an addict. Uh, a lot of, a uh, lot of the newer Newer quitters think, well, you know, hundred hundred days, uh, I'm safe, and I can uh, I can be around the the dippers and smokers again. I can maybe do one. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we the, the just one is just one, folks. Um, but I went that time. I, I went to. I was still in the army. I had changed location, changed units. Actually, I went from an active component unit to a reserve component unit. Uh, and I, that I went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, though I lived in Texas. Um, and we went to an exercise where we were training units to go, uh, go fight the war. And it, I just figured I, I would just buy one, one can of Copenhagen to get me through this exercise and then I'm back to quitting. Yeah. Well, that didn't work. The one can turned into one can a day, which turned into, well, you know, and every time you go back, I don't know, I can't, uh, I can't speak for other addictions, but I know with the, uh, when you 
quit for a time with nicotine and then you return, you come back with a vengeance. You find yourself dipping or smoking almost twice as hard as you did before. Maybe not twice as much, but it. I went back, uh, went back on it and rode that roller coaster again until uh, <laughs> uh, got got busted out. The wife walked in. I, I used to sit in my office at the house with the you know door closed and I'd say, I, I'm recording music in here, so don't open the door. Well, she opened the door. I had a big old fat wad of Copenhagen in my lip. She goes, I thought you quit. Yeah. Oh, boy. Red-handed again. Yeah, again. And just just because. But I was serious about quitting. But I think I was quitting for the wrong reason. So then I tried it again. Same site. Caught living hell for that. You know, coming back. Oh, gee, you know, the colonel's back again. Yada, yada, yada. Right, because in the, what, you know, we call them cavers, and that's one of the things that kind of went against my grain from the beginning is because, uh, like, in, in in my recovery world, we used to think it says keep coming back. We invite you to keep coming back, and they keep on making it easy for me to come back. And, man, I am really thankful that they made it easy because it was hard to come back. And, and, and in this world, they actually don't make it easy to come back. They make it hard to come back, man. You don't want to go back in there and get all that ribbon and get, catch all that shit for being a caver. Uh, the frankly, Absolutely. frankly, they're they're they can be just flat brutal, you know. And and we've watched people come back and and they will go back out, you know. They will leave the tool that they're trying to use to save their lives because they can't handle that beat down that happens in there. And I see both sides of it in a way, you know, I understand like in, in one way how that is, you know, that's the deterrent, right? To don't leave because we're going to beat your ass when you come back. Uh, but I yeah, just, and I it's just, all that's born just, with just, it, it. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, it just goes against my core principles as far as that. That's something that I never liked from the beginning. I didn't take part in it. When it was going on in there, it was just something that I did not do, man. I would text the guys that were getting beat up on the side and say, hey, man, I'm your buddy, man. And if you, you know, fuck them, don't listen to them. Uh, well, I kind of did the same thing. Um, but I would, I would make sure that they were coming back with a full understanding of the intent, the intent of the 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 ass chewings and 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 the ribbing uh not how it happens now but how it used to happen the intent was that they want you to take it serious and to take inventory there's good recovery uh we're take inventory and and are you here for the right reason are you serious this time and that's how my my first return was and i i mean all the vets that remembered me were coming out of the woodwork. They were happy to see me come back, kind of like it would be in uh, in one of your uh, AA groups, I'm sure. Uh, okay, well, what do you need this time? What can we do to make this time work for you? Or what do you need to do to make it work? And I will support you. Um, but that one, it just didn't, it didn't take, because again, I think I was quitting for the wrong reason. I think I was quitting because people wanted me to. I didn't want to. I wanted to do it for, you know, insert name, my brother, my wife, do it for the health of my children. Um, I'm not saying that's a wrong reason, 
but unless you're unless you buy into it then it's just not going to stick yep yeah and that's, and that's the same thing with all addictions all these things and behaviors if you're not actually and there's a fine line in between that doing it for myself thing and you can read it you know and like you said you can hear that going back in hindsight seeing that you weren't doing it for yourself at the time if i could step back into your into your face and, and be standing beside you probably back then i would ask you are you doing this for yourself you would say yes oh i know and i did yeah <laughs> so but it's a weird dynamic inside. about how that works about that uh being you know doing it for yourself or not and I think at that point, instead of lying to everybody else, I was lying to myself. Uh, the biggest lie. And trying to convince myself that I was doing this uh, for the right reason. So it's got to work now. Right. Yeah. But I, I wasn't ready to tackle the addiction. I was ready to get people off my back yeah. about fucking cigarettes and and copenhagen yeah. that's basically all i was doing was i wanted everybody off my back right so then uh so that's really it was in in and that is a that is a big difference you know in in that you really didn't want to quit right no i I, nothing, I think deep down inside i didn't want to you know some people have health scares and some people have uh you know where they're just starting to feel bad you know maybe it's not a true health scare like a doctor like have actually have something happen like you have a heart attack and doctor says you got to quit smoking or or you're going to die but sometimes you just feel bad you know what i mean because it is you know i i would dip so hard that my mouth would be sore right oh yeah and, and my inside of my gums just hurt and i'd wake up in the morning with that kind of in my mouth and the, only, the best i could do you know would be roll over grab the can stick another one in it and just like suffer through it because yeah power through it there you go <laughs> and uh and and so that kind of thing would lead you to go man i got to stop but uh, there also is the other thing of that of just, you know, these other people, you know, I can't imagine. Um, I never had a significant other was on my ass to stop any of the stuff I was doing because I was hiding my alcohol and drug abuse from her to the extent that she didn't know how bad it was until, you know, until I actually uh, admitted it to her. But uh, she never did like, she never was a, you know, I just couldn't get over girls who would like, kiss you when you were dipping and mine would <laughs> I was like, hey that's the two thumbs up right yeah, there that's right. a keeper yeah you're right and, you know and it wouldn't be like i'm gonna be we're getting hard and heavy with it but you know <laughs> i'd toss the dip if we're gonna actually get down to doing some kissing but uh but never have any issue with it but now the gal i'm with now robin she said it'd be a it would actually she said you know had had i been dipping when i met her it would have been like a no it'd have been a deal breaker right off the get-go she awesome. would have been like, no way. She said, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been interested in, in the least little bit. But if you were still dipping, you would have been ninja dipping. Mm. Yeah, probably. And she would have known and she Except would have down had the one path. of those. Yeah. And she would have bumped into you when you least expected it. Yeah. And you would have had a fatty in. And uh, how long have you been doing that? Oh, for 20 years now. Yeah, all my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know you had a problem with it. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. That's... So back to the uh, the the trying to quit and then it wasn't for yourself and you just kept on because now had you had that because at one point you had some real significant time right, but this has not happened yet. You know, the well, no, actually that second time, mm -hmm. uh, the one that we were just le uh, just left off at uh -huh. was probably the longest okay. that I went. But like you've mentioned multiple times in, in your podcast, the math just doesn't add up. Right. You know, I I remember the the 
the quit days, you know, I, I kept, I think, I'm not sure, but I think to keep people off my ass, uh, when I drifted away from the site, I just kept telling them a number, a quit day number. Yeah. You know, nothing to stop you from just keep on posting a number or keep on texting a number, you know? Yeah. All these people, I mean, besides your, besides your own conscience, you know, of going, Oh golly, I don't like to, I mean, nobody likes to lie. I think that's a core thing. We don't really like to do that. So when you're putting out that false number every day, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt miserable and I don't, I don't know how long I did that or, if I was intentionally doing it with the deception in, in mind, uh, I well, just, just know, kind of like a little hiatus, you know, I'm just going to dip for a little bit and just pick yeah, right back I'll up, you right know, and up. you know, what's the sense in skipping these that. numbers, you know, you'll just go 76, 77, <laughs> 78, whatever that, you know, and, and, you know, and then later on it'll be 90 and I'll be quit again or whatever, you know, I am certain sailing. I thought that I thought I was on a dipping vacation or yeah. something. I, I know I was thinking that. Yeah, that's a trip. And as soon as, by God, as soon as I retire, once I retire from the army, I'll be away from this. So then I don't have to, uh, then I don't have to worry about it. Well, then I become a lineman for the phone company. Yep. And by God, what's cooler than standing up in a bucket in, you know, in bad weather, fixing phone lines, than to have a cigarette in your mouth while you're doing it. Oh my God. So it's not just, you know. I'll have to wait until I'm no longer a lineman before I quit. Right. Yeah. There's always some uh, threshold down the way. That's a typical thing for us too. You know, when I I'm, uh, waiting for the I'll final get, party, yeah, right? I get married, I'll stop. I'll have a baby, I'll stop. We'll buy a house, I'll stop. I retire, I'll stop. I, you know, you got all these lines that are out there that I'm. When I get to that, I will quit. I and think I read. Uh, we just keep in, pushing the line further down the road. Yeah, I think I read in some uh, AA literature once. Or, or talk to a, a friend of mine um, that it seemed like they were always just waiting for the final party, the last big party, and then they were going to be done. That's how they kind of described their, their drinking. Well, you know, it's not this week, but, you know, by God, when I when that, that big party comes next week, I'll be done. Or I can't remember. I'm probably not doing it justice. But it was just a way of kicking the can down the, uh, yep. Down the road. Yep. Uh, but so, um, fast forwarding a couple years, and and it it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but the build up to eight October two thousand seventeen, the build up was I started my lip was hurting more, my chest was always congested because again I was dipping and smoking like a fiend. Yep. If I was inside, I was dipping. If I was outside, I was smoking. Mm-hmm. In a construction environment, it's, it's. I mean, that's just what Yep. I would do because I could get away with it. Um, in the Army, it was almost like, okay, well, that's understandable. But believe it or not, of all the linemen that I worked around, I was one of the few that smoked. A lot of them dipped, but I was one of the few that smoked. Uh, so I just kept doing that. And so I was coughing a lot and I basically felt just like shit and not, not go to the hospital level, but I, I've, I, you know, I started thinking, well, if I keep this up, I will be in the hospital. Yep. And we know how this ends, you know, hat, uh, not hat tip, but you know, 
um, uh, looking up to heaven, mom and dad sitting up there going, boy, you need to get your act together because look at where we're at. Uh, that too can be you. And it was, and I think you mentioned in your, uh, in your story, how you, uh, constantly felt this, this, this dread, uh, about your, about your own parents. Uh, it's just maybe not today, maybe tomorrow waiting for the shoe, the other shoe to drop. Right. And when my mom got diagnosed with lung cancer, that's how it was. Uh, and I had felt like I'd grown up expecting that day. Even though it didn't happen until 2001, I, it just felt like I was not looking forward to it, but dreading that day all along. So here I am in 2017 going, all right, well, uh, you, you got to take action now. If you don't, this is what's going to happen to you. And uh, it was a Sunday morning, I remember. Um and I, I, I woke up, I had like a partial can of Copenhagen left, and I called my brother and asked him what he th- would think the, 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 the community on, on that website, um, how they would feel about me coming back for my third time, which, you know, that's two caves. I'm not the only one to have ever done that. Nope. Um, but that was with the old... Uh, mindset yeah you know that a totally different character uh, uh or um different characters different personality the site was different then uh well back then so in 2017 he's like yes by all means you need to come back because i know and he listed off a, nu- a handful of names that i remember from my previous attempts and I was like, are you sure they, they would welcome me back? He goes, well, you're going to catch some crap. Because remember, you are a caver. Yeah. Uh, but they want you, they want nothing more than to see you quit and healthy. And I believed it. And uh, I did some research. Um, you know, basically, and the preparations that every quitter has to do. You know, what's, what is your plan? Um, get rid of all the spit bottles, all the, you know, dipping and smoking paraphernalia, uh, get rid of all the empties, uh, you know, all that, all that, and make sure you have your substitute. Uh, For me, it's cough drops. I have a very, um, unnatural love of cough drops now. (laughs) Uh, and it, it just, it does the oral fixation. It has that, you know, the Paul's mentholiptus. Yeah. yeah, the throat punch and uh, it's like smoking a menthol. Yeah. Um, so I had all that, all that stuff lined up. I was ready. And as soon as I dumped the last of my Copenhagen in the toilet, flushed and made sure I crushed and threw the can away. That way it wasn't in sight. I went logged back onto that site at about 6 p.m., on the 8th of October, 2017, and have not looked back. So that that is the what happened. I mean, yes, there was a health scare um, of sorts, not one of those earth-shattering things, and it wasn't like a rock-bottom moment that you would have with other addictions, though I guess you kind of could say it is. Um, I either quit or I die. 
Yeah, you know it's getting to you. Did anybody tell you, or you were just feeling that? I was just feeling it. I yeah. this was all uh, a moment of uh, a, a moment of clarity for me, self reflection, and it it just hit me. And I made that call to my brother at eleven o'clock that morning. Yeah, it just I woke up and said, you know what? Why the hell am I still doing this? Yep. I feel miserable. I don't enjoy the cigarettes anymore because as soon as I take one hit, I'm coughing. Uh, the, the, the Copenhagen, I, I, I feel like a, a pressure in my, in my head. It just feels like I'm all weirded out on this substance and I just don't feel normal anymore. And my lip hurts. Yeah. Well, so just like, so we stay kind of parallel. So that landed you on, uh, the 8th of October into their posting a day one is what we say, right? Yep. That was so that's my what day you one. know what happens with that is I like that term actually too. Cause I kind of like it. You know, we say, uh, in, in the 12 step circles, we have a 24 hour chip kind of thing, but I think that day one is like more, uh, well, it's got a better, I don't know. It's got more thump to me. So I, I was agree. I was sitting with it, and I've been dipping and doing that, and I'd had a I don't know however many a couple of years of sobriety now or whatever it was, you know. Again, a timeline is not important. I try not to get anytime any of my guests get hung up on a timeline, I try to like oh, let's just keep moving, man. It doesn't matter. So I'll have to listen to my own preaching there. And <laughs> I'm sitting across. I actually remember I was at a men's recovery place in in the town next door to us, and I'm sitting across there sponsoring a guy, and I'm working steps with him, you know, and I'm talking to him, and I'm preaching to him, so to speak. Uh, of the thought of improving the quality of my life in recovery and what that's doing for me and how much better my life is and all this. And, and I'm talking to him about setting down things that don't work for you and, and things that you know are bad for you and <clears throat> making room for good things to come in because you've done that. It's a vacuum that can be filled and uh, must be filled, actually. And I'm sitting there, and I look down, and, I, and as I pause, I spit in my spit bottle. And I go back to talking to him, and it just hits me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I just felt like such a hypocrite just right at that very moment, man. And, and like my higher power just slapped me and said, did you hear what you just said and what you just did, you know? And that kind of stuff ran through my mind of, you know, uh, um, do as I, as I say, not as I do. Uh, you know, actions are well, far, you know, I can't, I can't hear a word you, you're saying because your actions are so loud. Uh, all those kind of things. And so yeah. I went on with my deal that day and I really didn't let that guy know because uh, what my thoughts were and I moved on down, but I knew I needed to stop and I, and I tried to, uh, I just said, and I remember I'm, I'm, uh, I was sitting on my bed in my bedroom and I took my last dip that night in an empty can and I tossed it. And I'm really good at shooting baskets with things, whether they're a paper wad or what it is into the garbage can. Uh-huh. And boom, I threw that can of dip in the, in the garbage and, uh, and went to sleep and i woke up the next morning man and i you know i wanted to do what i want to do uh i didn't know you know but i didn't have any you didn't uh, lick the can did you nope and i <laughs> and i went and i took my shower and i took off down the road and i made it past three convenience stores and Woo. pulled in the fourth oh and, yeah it's just gonna say that's too much temptation yeah and i you know and and i was heading to work and and by work, there's by my employer, there's no real close gas stations. There's nothing close. You know, you got to drive a little ways to get to something. But but there's no, was, no far is too far. No no far. I would do it. But, you know, I thought, well, shoot, man, it make, that doesn't make any sense to get up and leave work. I'm just going to do it in a little bit. Might as well stop now. So I did. 
And I walked up to buy, and I stood in line, and I walked up to buy my can, and there was something in my gnawing in my gut that I, you know, didn't want to do it, but, you know, I felt like I had to, you know, like I had to get a can of dip. There's just what I needed to do. I just had to. Yeah, and I walked up, and there had those, those uh, there was those lozenges, uh, lozenges on the counter for quitting. And, oh, no. And I bought those. I switched. my, I changed my mind right then, and I bought a can of them. And I walked out the door, and I tossed some in my mouth, and I felt pretty good about myself. And the, and the monsters quieted down a little bit because I got my head of nicotine right. Yep. It wasn't a dip, so I get to work, and I and I and I do those for like two or three days. And what I found out is the same kind of thing as on the other deal. I thought that a can of them was going to be enough, and as like as soon as I got to work, I realized, yeah, man, you should have bought more of these. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm eating them like tic tacs now man i used to call them nico candies yeah and uh and and didn't think a thing about it you know i actually was still backpatting myself man and and so i'm gonna go so three days later i'm sitting at work and i'm eating these things and my mouth is like sloughing off like i'd had too hot soup like i'd ate some drank some soup it was too hot and it burned <laughs> inside of my mouth and i tell myself you know i'm going man i've already got the cancer it's too late i quit too late and i googled and i remember and it was either i don't remember if it was this way or the other way i googled sore mouth quit dipping or quit dipping sore mouth one the, that combination i just googled those that those those words and up popped that site we're talking about and and i i'm not gonna worry about it if i say it but i don't really want to give them any undue publicity so i'm not going to be too worried about it but i'm, gonna, I'm, dance, with you. I'm that... gonna dance around it a little bit if it comes out it comes out but so here it pops up and i start reading this stuff on there about quitting and accountability and the brotherhood stuff and there was an answer on there that said what to expect when you quit and in there was some stuff about the exact same thing I was experiencing, which relieved my concern that I had cancer and all that, you know. And I went, well, look, it's perfectly normal. And a man, another bell went off just like it did with the dude the other day when it said, you know, look at what you're doing. A bell went off that said, Dan, you've done this before. This is almost like your 12-step recovery. This is doing it in community with people who have done it all with you. And people who are walked down the path of ahead of you can share their experience with what's going on. And it just felt so natural, man. And I signed up and uh, immediately got bashed because I was still using. Uh, and that was a little bit of a problem, you know, because I was like, you know, I thought I was coming in here like with my Superman cape on, you know. I was going to fly in here and this is going to be work for me. And they said, yeah, you can't be doing that. And I was like, well, and somebody told me to go throw them in the dumpster. Don't put them in the garbage at my desk. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually did. I went outside and I throwed them. Now I ain't above dumpster diving. I'll tell you too, man. Cause, uh, <laughs> we but, all dug through the garbage but, cans. but, but it, it did raise the level of difficulty for me anyway, as far as going in a dumpster and getting more of them. And I tossed those, uh, lodges in the big dumpster out back at work and, uh, and came back in and, and posted on there that I'd done so. And, and that's how I got my start there. I had no idea what I was walking into that day. And you know what? Uh, while we're we're not bringing up the name of the site, I will tell you um, that the the preset, the you know the, the the platform, the the essence of that site is spot on. Absolutely, it works. man. It's the personalities. 
Yes, it was the personalities that soured it. Um, you know, the, but, the, the hey, my, my sponsor brought up as I talked to him about this, because I want to hit it real quick since we did, is that in 12-step recovery, we have these things called the traditions. And one of them says, talks mm-hmm. about the fact that it's principles before personalities. And because that one of the things he brought up to me, uh, and, and I'll lay it at his feet, I agree with it, but I, I, I'm going to lay it at his feet anyway, is because they didn't really have these traditions and these ways of operating in that way, they kind of did it by the chin of their, the hair of their chin uh that the personalities actually did come in front of the principles and that's what the problem is there is that the personalities are in the way yeah and nobody could put them in check yeah and, and that was the unfortunate part and you know that i was i was their biggest advocate when when you and uh, uh billy showed up and, and we we became that tight little group um i i mean think of a single time where i bashed the site i didn't i said this site works it's just this person. And uh, I still believe it to this day uh, that, well, my original experience with the site was I wish I'd been just as serious then. Uh, God knows how many, you know, I'd have commas out the ass on this one. Yep. Uh, that That's just the comma thing is that, that for everybody listening, that's thousands. Zeros. Thousands of days. More quick. zeros. Yeah. yeah. So More the first zeros. comma is when you cross over from 999 to one comma zero zero zero. That's why the yeah. comma. That I'd gets be you doing thousands. awesome. Yep. But, you know, it, you're right. The personalities took over, soured the, the entire experience. I'm sure it's successful for many, many people. Just don't be, you know, don't be the colonel. And don't be dog, and yeah. don't be probe, yep. and you'll be fine. Yep, come in there, bow down. <laughs> don't. Yep. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is you know, in the, you know, we got fairly strong personalities, uh, and 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 they were contrary. You know, were actually the personalities that they would like to have. You would have thought because we had a following. We had people that wanted to learn about our our quit. Yeah. Um, I, I remember calling you Q Dog the Zen Master. <laughs> Because uh, you would you would pull out this this treasure trove of recovery uh, precepts and 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 sayings and um, this, you you were educating people and uh, they just some the 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 youngins took to it and and fed off of it um, and some of the vets did and other vets went who does this guy think he is. Yep. And here I'm saying, this is Dog. That's who he is, and he knows, he knows about all the other addictions, and he needs to. He wants this one. Yeah. To he wants to quit this, and I'm going to help him. By God. It was a. Uh, you're stepping into that. Really, you know. Um, I remember feeling very. Uh, you know, I feel pretty sure myself today. I'm a pretty confident fella. But uh, when I stepped into there, man, there was some uneasiness, you know, of uh, it, it always felt like I was stepping into something I wasn't prepared for. I'm not really sure. It always felt like I was. Uh, and I think that's a, the, I think there's an error there that wants to keep you off balance a little bit, you know, and maybe that's good for you. Maybe that's more of this kind of stuff, because there are, you know, I will tell you that, you know, people will say something about and, and I also try not to like say AA. I try to say I'm in 12 step recovery. Most people know what I'm talking about when I say that. It's just a little bit of an anonymity thing. I'm not too concerned, man, because, I mean, once I started this podcast, my anonymity blown out the fucking window anyway, right? <laughs> but uh, I try to try to balance that a little bit. So, um, you know, they, they were telling me that, uh, you know, I heard some people say, if you would 
Google AA, and I did for a while because I wanted to find some ammunition about why it wouldn't work so that I could put that in my tool belt and say that won't work for me. The mm-hmm. disease was wanting to not get sober, so it was trying to find ways to do that. Is that uh, that there's some brainwashing going on. And the fact of the matter was, is, is that I needed some brainwashing. My brain was pretty dirty <laughs> and, it, you know, fogged up from the chemicals. You and needed some kind of cleansing. Stuff. So there's some stuff behind that, uh, you know, that getting us to storm and form in our group, you know, how they would throw grenades, roll grenades in our nest that would cause problems. And that made us actually grow closer to one another. It did, you and know, that should have been and, a success. And that is a good thing, you know. But there's a that's that is that that's the problem with like rolling grenades in nests is they don't always have the desired outcome. <laughs> you can kill everybody <laughs> at the same time, man. Yeah, uh, and that's, you know? that's where the personalities uh, basically had the unintended consequence. Yeah. Uh, unintended. They didn't want us to get tighter. Yeah, because I'm like a you know I miss all in guy since coming to recovery. You know I take all my chips, man, and I push them to the middle of the table. You know, so when we had this spreadsheet that you guys were doing that you were needing help, you know, there was these little pleas for wanting to help run that SSOA, whatever that accountability spreadsheet oh, was. <laughs> I raised my hand, man. I wanted in on that, you know, because I learned, and I say this all the time in the podcast. I learned it. I saw Happy yesterday, and he's the one I stole it from, or that told me that he said, you know, that I knew that I had to participate in my recovery and i knew that the higher the level of participation i had in my quit the higher the the probability for my success would be and when i saw opportunities to participate i wanted in on that and then you would like do it and then you'd be called out for like being a controlling asshole you know (laughs) it's like oh you know you were right though they wanted to keep us off guard but the the part of the reason for that not justifying what they did they took it too far but uh, part of the reason is we're we're all going through a fog. Yep. Which the fog um, is that nicotine haze that as that stuff starts lifting, man, you get really foggy, man. I mean, it is like it is truly like having on some kind of foggy crystal of uh, fogged glasses. Like Yeah, you I can't mean, even tie your shoe without thinking about right, it. Right. Yeah. Oh, now how do I do yeah, this again? Yeah, yeah, you leave work, man, and can't remember how to get home. Uh, yeah. You forget where you parked your car. You know, you. I mean, really stupid. Uh, uh, I mean, leave the house without brushing your teeth. You know, you'd be zombie. like, yeah, it's like, whoa, man, I am doing real. That's one. That's where my attention first started getting that that this wasn't no game, man. It's really toy because it's not doing that stuff to you if it's not. You know, the consequences of quitting were hard. Exactly, and I think that's. That's why they would occasionally, and I'm not talking about the directed stuff, the personal stuff, but that's why they would throw those uh, grenades into the room occasionally just to get our minds off of the suck. Yeah. Because the quitting sucks. Yeah. There's some more terms. Yeah. The fog, the suck. (laughs) Uh, The funk. Yeah. There's the funk, uh, which comes once the fog begins to clear and then you realize that it really does suck. And that's when you drop into the funk and you always... Um, you, you gotta watch out, and that's why they. Uh, another reason they they want to combat the complacency. Yeah. The oh, I've got this. What the hell do I need this site for? What do I need accountability for? I've got this. I'm good. And it usually hits between the twenty and thirty days. Uh, and again later on, and uh, later on after that. But that's the first big challenge. If you can get to the, you know, if you can make it to twenty or thirty. And, and and still be convinced that you're doing this for the right reason. Um, and you've got buddies that are there to say, 
hang t- hang tough. And I remember a couple of your meltdowns, uh, <laughs> as you probably remember some of mine. Um, but by God, it was hitting you. It was hitting you really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to put, I think I was able to put the science back into it Uh say, dude, this is not, you do want to quit. I know you want to quit. I can, I can see it. I can hear it. I see it and everything that you write. Um, this is just a phase. Trust me. I've done this. And, uh, I think that's where. Even in newbies, once once you and I had, had, had graduated into a, 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 you know further along in the process, that's where uh, what you, me, and Billy were doing um, for the youngins was actually beneficial because we were sharing that same level of suck. Uh, Billy was being his usual crotchety self. Uh, you know, here I am. I've got you know I'm the serial caver that's made good. Yep, and then. You've got the Zen master of quit, you know, Q dog right there, you. And I, I, we were a power to be reckoned with. And I, I'll tell you what, if it weren't for you guys, and this is about the brotherhood and accountability, if it weren't for you guys, I would not be at 617. Yeah. I probably would have had another day one or two or three since then, because it just, you guys, you, you, you and of course, I, I'm not giving due credit, uh, to to God, yeah, he, yep. he put you guys in my life for a reason, right? Yep, yep, no doubt, man. Yeah, and the bond that was formed around it and all that, no doubt, I wouldn't be quit either. No, I never would have survived all the ass chewings and ass whoopings and and nasty, just repulsive things said to me, you know, on that on the on the forums. Uh, had I not had you guys there. Uh, that one day, it just this one fateful day, I can't remember uh, what the topic was, but does it really matter? Um, where you said, I don't know if you said it in the forum or if you sent me a private message and said that was just uncalled for. What they're doing, I don't agree with what they're doing. And uh, Billy, around that same time, had said something similar. And I realized, you know what? I can do this. This is about me. This is about my quit. Nobody else's. I'm here for the right reason. Screw all these people that don't agree with me or just hate the very sight of my name. I can do this. And uh, had it not been for you and Billy, even reaching out that day, even though I had vets every now and then coming out saying, hey, Jim, you can do this. Um, Hang in there. Hang in there. It'll get better. You know that phrase. It'll get better. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I needed more than just, it's going to get better. I needed somebody in my corner with me. And since we don't really have sponsors in, in, in nicotine quit, uh, you guys, I, I, we sponsored each other. Yeah. So it's a similar kind of thing, but it's more of like a, it's more of like accountability brothers. I think, you know, we do sponsor each other and that's exactly what it is, but it's more on a, uh, brotherhood standpoint of, uh, 
you know, and, and uh, what I found is like in a sponsor thing, in my sponsor relationships, and I tried to cultivate the same thing with the, my sponsees is that if we flip a, we turn a corner down the road where we're actually even again, you know, and I don't make, mean to make it a hierarchy, but when you're suffering and you lurking up to your sponsor, there is not an evenness there. I looked up at my sponsor, like, please help me, dude. Uh, and, and, and I looked up to him where when we come into this brotherhood that we have now, we kind of come in and that's the way it's designed. We come in with them same quit days. And you're coming in and joining hands on an even basis. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, man. We lean on each other just exactly in the same way that this sponsorship and this, this, that, 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 that happens. Uh, there's no way I could do this without that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it just, it has been quite a ride. Um, I remember one Jeez. time, you know, one of the things, and I kept on taking these little hiatuses and there's some, it just kept on putting bad taste in my mouth, uh, and I really do trust my intuition now, you know, and, and I'm learning to do that. I, uh, whatever this higher power, God, you know, whatever name you'll hear nowadays, I've been lately, uh, I've been saying, you know, you, it's like saying Kleenex, you know, it's it's just a term for whatever this thing is. Uh, we can name it whatever. You can call it Allah. You can call it, you know, you can say that it's Jesus. You can say God. You can say the universe. You can say Mother Nature. Uh, whatever you, you call it, whatever you want to, man, it's okay with me. I think we're talking about the same thing, whatever this is that, uh, I want to be building my reliance on it so that like my, I can trust my intuition. I begin to rely on that intuition thing inside me that will point me in the right directions. And there was times during that, that was saying there's something wrong here. I don't like there's something there's energy here that is contrary to way that I want to operate. I'm trying to operate my life in a, in a different way today. And so like one of the times when we did this, we had a guy come back and he caved and he came back and he came back. You know, some guys don't come back until the next month because like join us up. And just for the listeners, uh, they put us in these little groups where we got uh, we're all within 30 days of the same quit date. So we're experiencing the same kind of stuff together. A cohort group. Right. Yeah. And so sometimes you slip and you do end up falling back into another group. Right. But there was a guy that actually quit and come back in time to stay in our group. And they come in there and start telling us these conditions that we should put him on in order for him to be there. Oh, and yeah. uh, and so, you know, I didn't really know any better. And I took it and I listened to these vets and they're telling us we need to do this and do that and do this. And then we did all that. Yeah. That and then when we did it said, and uh, yeah, you know, maybe it is this one group. Maybe that's where the problem is, too. I'm not totally convinced, but I do know that one group is definitely was a was a was a cancer and a, you know, to use their terms uh, and, a, and a corrupt uh, thing and we found proof of that later on in the fact that they were doing some uh planning and conniving Shady, in the yep. background and we actually found the documented evidence i have 700 and something pages of the documented evidence of them actually doing that behind the scenes and being nefarious in their activities which you know that's also another thing that goes you know what if that's going on i don't want to be a part of it but anyway we did what they said and then when we did that to this guy and put these <laughs> things on they come in and they beat us up over why did you I do remember. that yes. so that's the yes. first time that you know and i actually have that stuff documented because I do journaling and stuff today, you know, and I had actually written some things down and I've visited some of that before you're, before we spoke here. Uh, that was one of the first times that I started going, yeah, man, 
I not really liking what's going on here. And if we're going to do business, we're going to have to do business behind the scenes because we can't do it out here. I thought you could do it out here in front of everybody, but you can't. Ah, the so that's when we of first, the council. Of the council, right. So that's when we started <laughs> talking behind the scenes. Now, little did I know that uh, the, you know, this other group, so I said that this other group was doing it behind the scenes for nefarious purposes, right? They were doing it for, for evil, actually, if I just use that term. They were not doing it for the it good of the, of the other quitters. When we pulled back and did what we were doing we were doing it for the good of our group we were doing it for our january 2018 group and that's the reason why we're january 218 2018 is because that's when we, we jim and i said a minute ago we quit in october but that in january is when our whole group hit our 100 days so that's why i like kind of like it's not a graduating class but it sort of is no different than like life is over when you graduate high school i'm a graduate of 1987 didn't mean my life ended then uh i'm a graduate that I'm, you're quit or I'm, anything. right yeah right so i'm a january 2018 guy but uh, I kept on, you know, that, that was just our, that's when we hit the hundred days. That's way too many words for that. So, uh, we were doing it for the good of our group. We felt we, we knew we had to fall back and, and, and talk about this stuff. And the fact of the matter was also that we had, we had like 60 people in our group at some point. We uh, were huge. Yeah. Well, and we remained huge for probably longer than most of the quick groups. Right. And most of them, frankly, wanted to have nothing to do with the coordination of our group other than to come in and post role every day. But there's others of us that wanted to play a more active role. And those we pulled back. And then uh, at some point, somebody said, why did y'all decide to do that? And and I actually have that. I went back and looked at it. And, <laughs> and I, was, I was taking it off of the Survivor TV show. And now, what they say, they either say the council has spoken or the tribe has spoken, or they uh, the said tribe something. Has spoken, yeah. I don't watch too much TV, and that stuff has <laughs> left me. But I said the count, and I just did it like on the whim. And then they right off the bat, they want to know who this council was. Who, who, what? And you know, that became a real thorn under, and I think it actually played it. into our eventual demise of the, of the website. <laughs> and, um, and we are at like a hundred minutes, so. Uh, I do like to try to keep these things under two hours, but so we 20 minutes or so more and we'll be good. Uh, but anyway, I, and I don't want to mean to do that. I just want to kind of give a little bookmark of where we're at. Usually when I'm on the podcast, I tell my guest about where we're at. Time just That's okay. Flies, I'm looking at the clock, man, when we're doing this. So, uh, Dude, we could we talk did that. for yeah, an we could. entire week. Yeah, we could. Uh, so we did that thing and, and, and it ended up being that, 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 and I just, kind of fast forward not really but just to capture this part uh a number of us myself you and billy specifically the three of us were banned from the website at a certain point in time and one of the things was is they didn't like the fact that we had pulled back and began this council thing that where we were uh we were basically operating our um operating our troops from behind enemy lines maybe you might say (laughs) you know i don't know if that really makes sense or not but we knew we couldn't be out there playing in their front yard uh that wasn't going to work so we had to pull back and and we really weren't doing anything besides keeping our our guys yeah, there was marching. no collusion yeah and we weren't doing anything bad you know we were just making sure that our guys were taken care of and that we were moving along and you know we had things happen like this table roll you know somebody tossed that in our nest one day and we liked it and 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 nobody else seemed to like that we were doing that you know no even though other people had it yeah they didn't like the fact that we took control of our own quits yeah and we did it in a unified effort with a single voice that's even though that's like. yeah and you know the thing was is that's what they wanted us to do 
But then yeah, they didn't they like won. us once we did it. <laughs> right. It was a like total double standard. Yeah. I mean, so you I, want self-sufficient quitters that want to deliver the message. Yeah, and we started carrying it into the camp's neck door, you know. So the February group came to be. Yeah, the wine, and the, we started, Carolina wine coolers, yeah, and wine, well, wine mixers. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it all sounds so silly, probably the people out there listening, but as far as these names and this stuff, we were the Fury and the, the Catalina Wine Coaster. You named your group, and you did this stuff. And like I said, if you, if you read these certain, there's some literature I've read about the forming of groups, you know, and how we become a cohesive unit and at first we're storming you know we're trying to get to know each other and then we get to this forming where we're actually coming together and then we become norming where we're actually actually a fluid unit we know one another and we kind of can see each other's moves and we know what we're going to do and we can anticipate how to take the next step forward well that kind of stuff was going on in these groups and we began began to like and and we were encouraged to do that too right just like in 12-step stuff where when you once you've carried the message once you've like had your own experience and you've got something to carry and to help the next guy down the line then you're encouraged to go do that and the same thing when we did it we got we were we were uh accused of meddling and everybody else got carte blanche yeah and uh and and it just it just just kept on being and it is an odd dynamic about why we kept on getting that kind of uh response from them one of the things I do want to talk about too is that uh, you started writing these narratives, these storylines oh, that yeah. were like these. Fi- I read them this morning just for these fictional uh, accountings tables. of what was going on. Although they had a lot of truth in them too. Oh, it's uh, totally so, truth based. But yeah, but it was like you know, the, but it had the fictional palette that it was painted on you know and the humor yeah uh, we poked fun at everybody and man and you'd come out with new episodes of that man and everybody would be reading them if you could if we could have like when i started doing my quit videos uh i was upstairs and 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 did a i thought it was funny that we did a that that we were doing a day count i just I, but today i actually embrace it at the time i thought man there's got to be more freedom than counting days man but anyway, I did that, and people liked it, and I started doing more of them. So I actually could like see how many people was looking at my quit videos because they were YouTube, and it would say this many listens. It'd been interesting to see how many people read the narratives, you know, because everybody yeah, would get to talking about them, man. And I mean, and it was so fun, and, and it was even better probably because I like to read like that, and I would paint this picture. I still have some of those, like those wreckages and these lots and these neighborhoods. It's all broke down, like war-torn neighborhoods <laughs> that we lived in, and we had like little compounds, you know, January. We had a compound here and down the street was February and uh and and rally old like uh I don't know my mind was telling me like the vehicles we were driving around with were reminiscent of like Mad Max type vehicles. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Our entire compound was built around the Mad Max concept. Yeah. So yeah, it, you just painted a beautiful picture with those things, you know, and uh uh man, that was a blast too. Who says quitting doesn't uh, why it doesn't have to be miserable. Yeah, it became so we, fun. Yeah. I, I mean, the we had fun poking fun at each other. We had fun uh, with, with the, the narratives. And what did that all equate to? It was taking our minds off of the suck, the, the nasty yep. addiction that had controlled our lives for decades. Yeah. And, I mean, we were able to do it and, and share and... Yeah, it was a healthy I, distraction. It was. And people from other groups love those stories. Yep. And uh, I mean, and we're talking some guys that had years. So one guy, remember a uh, coach, Steve, he knew me from my very first right. quit in 2009. Yep. And he, he got, he got, uh, 
I don't he know, wrote a couple enticed to come all the way back from like, like well he had like left pretty much right i mean he, yeah, had, uh, he was I mean, on a hiatus of sorts yeah so he'd been not around for a while and kind of you know whatever you want to say maybe burn out or you know I, I think the same thing happens you get down the road you know and you're like don't need to see more or whatever and there might be some validity to that i'm not i'm not disputing that but the fact that we were doing what we were doing looked so fun that he came back for a while, you know. Yeah, and, he was and Mr. Played narrative. Al- and played along with us. Yeah, because he had heard about your narratives and wanted to, wanted to hear. Well, well, he wanted to do it again. Mm. Because back in 2009, he was doing it. And he would include the, the outspoken characters from the other groups. I can't remember. He was April. I was May. And uh, so he started his narratives. And for some reason, go figure, the colonel became an active participant or character in his narratives back, you know, way back then. So somebody comes out and says, hey, uh, uh, they called him Fox or uh, F-U-C-S, fuck you, Coach Steve, whatever. Mm, right, yeah. Okay, hey, Steve, you got to check this out. Coach, this guy is doing narratives that remind me of yours from 2009. What they didn't realize is that I was a character in his narratives back then. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, I, I I wasn't copying him. I just was like, you know what? There's got to be a way to tell this story without uh, sounding like I'm preaching. I got to make it fun. I got to, you know, see it. Let people see it through my prism, or or see us for the care. You know, the, the characters that they're painting us painting us uh, out to be, like me, the colonel, this you know whacked out veteran, you know, combat vet. Dog, you know, Mr. Man Glitter, you know, woodworker extraordinaire. Yeah. Billy the disgruntled, you know, who are you again? Fuck you, yeah. carry on guy. Yeah, I always like pictured him in some kind of old torn up uh, military outfit too, you know. Uh, I don't know why, but I always like had him in like this disheveled, burned out soldier. Yes. <laughs> the, the grumpy guy. Yeah. And, and that's, that's exactly how I wrote him times 10 right and uh and it's actually funny you brought up the narratives um it's actually funny that i i saw them this morning and read through them again yep i got a whole folder i actually have it sitting on my pc right now i got a whole folder titled ktc which i just let out the name of a little bit uh, of uh, uh and i got uh, file, you know, there's old uh, SSOAs in here. There was documents. There's uh, little scripts I wrote for my for my uh, YouTube videos, like the one when I did the WKTC. Ah, and, the good old days. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I have a whole folder of that stuff, and I was looking through some of that same thing this morning too. I put all those narratives all in one big document. Yeah, and and it's it was fun to read. I read every single one, even the ones submitted by Coach Steve, Billy. I remember a uh, uh, Doc Botox from yep. February. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, even a uh, uh, Josh Loser, his episode. Um, it was, yeah, I it forgot was about just... him, man. JTL. Cool, what that, that guy. kid's doing now? <laughs> Running around naked, going, "I'm still quit. I'm still quit." That's what. That's my guess. <laughs> but I, I don't. You know, uh, the nicotine quit in this case is kind of like the. The way you describe your um, um, the the juice on Tuesdays, yeah, uh, that's that is just that special day, and you guys take it and you you run with it, and you're always jazzed. Well, I not having been to one of those uh, meetings, I 
I can definitely attest to the um, how how jazzed you are about that, and I, I think that's kind of how we felt about the Fury and specifically the Council. We did because we were going to make it fun. We were going to band together, and by God, nobody was going to get in the way. Nobody's going to spoil our quit. By God. Yep. And we were, yeah, we were, we had each other by the hand. We were uh, quick on defending one another. You know, uh, we were a cohesive unit. And nothing, I don't think, we we could have painted any uh, any number of different scenarios and different personalities. But I think uh, um, there was definitely a higher power at work when he threw this, (laughs) this, (laughs) this messed up group of addicts together in the January group. Uh, Every group has that personality. Like you mentioned, they've got a personality of their own, but for us, I mean, there was definitely, I I would swear there was, uh, uh, there was some divine intervention to put that group together. Yeah, there was no doubt about it, man. I looked in, I was looking at one of the things the other day and saw the, the names you know, had a list of all because we were all under usernames, you know, and like some people weren't real clear about it and and, and they just put the real name on, you know, uh, and it, you know what I mean? Like they just would come in there and they just said Jeff, you know, and other people had, you know, creative usernames and stuff. But, uh, you know, I still stay in touch with quite a few, you know, and I don't do I do dailies, daily day counts with maybe and I'd have to look at it, maybe a dozen people. Uh, you know, and then and then you and I, and Billy, have our own little group. Me, where we, where you and I mostly are the one too. That Billy comes in once in a while, and he'll t- chat with us, but he doesn't really post his day count much anymore. Um, I actually went on to uh, the the website that we migrated to uh, after. Oh we, yeah, last, yeah, I went. I, I logged on there last night, and you know they said when your account's dead, uh, they they ban you, you know, or whatever. You remember how they said not ban you, but they, when you go into an inactive status, if you don't post roll there, right? Then you got to say, "Mother, may I come yeah, back?" Yeah, but I mean, even on uh, LNF, uh, and maybe that is a "Mother, may I" thing. But you know, my account is still active on there too, so I'm not. I actually posted roll last night just for oh, fun did you? and just said, and, and said hi. I was sitting there and I thought, well, it's kind of, it felt kind of dumb. You know, it actually felt kind of disingenuous to stick my head in the door and don't say hi. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, and, and it looks like there's maybe like call. there's maybe like 15 people posting there. That's all. Uh, wow. it, you know, it kind of blew up when we did our little migration after a minute. And, and then, it shows uh, you the personalities. I'm telling you, it was based off of the personalities. People did not like that we got banned, so they spoke up. Then they started getting fed up with the personalities as well, and they followed us out there. Yep. I'm I'm sure of it. There's no other explanation for why. An otherwise inactive site doubles and triples its membership. Yep. And, uh, and you know that not meaning that to sound like you know pride and and because pride can be a sin, um, but it, it that's the truth. Yep, it is. I was actually going to pull it up and look at it. I know that uh, there's stuff that touched me pretty pretty deeply whenever everything went down, and uh, I uh, I. Uh, one of the things was that, that Cav Man, 
you know, I had that whole, I, I torched my intro once. I, I, yeah, I, I, I poofed my entire 68 page <laughs> intro when I had that one meltdown weekend. And you Pooping were talking about. Pooping is deletion, by the way. Yeah, deleted. I deleted my entire, and, and Cabman come back and he went and gathered up all my, all my YouTube videos and stuff and kind of rebuilt my intro into one post and stuff, you know, and that took hours. I was dreading having to do that. And when I went to get ready to do it, it was already done by him. Yeah, uh, he's one of the ones that I've actually got to shake hands with. He can't. He's come to Louisville. He's actually in Louisville just a couple of weeks ago, last week. But I wasn't able to connect with him. Uh, he, but he he was here, and I connected with him once before. You know, I know sooner or later down the road, I'm gonna be shaking hands with you. I had dinner with Billy a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and his wife were in town in Louisville with their kids. Uh, you know, and and the different things that uh, that we that we do. And like I said, this other thing about this maintaining contact with these people, we we. We, you and I still talk on a daily basis. We've had, I would, I'm gonna venture just to say, and you know, there's obviously been a couple of days here and there that it's not happened, but we've had daily contact for the past 607 days anyway. Uh, it'd be longer than that if I had the 10 more days that you have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've had daily contact for those amount of days, and that's kind of miracle stuff, you know, when you end up having a making a connection with somebody, and especially since we're not even, uh, you know, um we're hex mounting me miles away from one another that it's all been uh on a virtual aspect either through telephone calls or or chatting online or texting or that kind of thing um if you think about it the original members of the council uh we were literally spread between the two coasts evenly spread from east coast to west coast yep you know until the that other guy left yeah yeah well yeah. left the left the council well right yeah <laughs> he stayed in the stayed in the on the site we <laughs> yeah i suppose we'll uh, a lot of parting of ways i had a little um i had a little thing the other night about potentially going in and creating a new uh a new troll account and uh and and jump back on that old site and just look around again and then i was like no dan don't do that yeah. don't do it just just stay away uh, I did pop into, like I said, into the LNF site just to see, and dag on it, I just closed it. But there's probably maybe a dozen people posting on there. Uh, Coach East is still posting on there. Uh, looks like he's doing a daily there, and I assume he's still on the other one also. But, uh, you know, he was real active in March. It was like the leader of March. March was a month that almost yeah, had no activity. Yeah, we fostered activity. that too. Yep. And it turned out he just lives right up the street from me. I mean, we're 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 – I can get to his house in 10 minutes. That's cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, I kind of feel like I'm running out of gas a little bit. And well, it's actually I, I, right on time. Have we covered, yeah, have we covered everything? Uh, well, not everything. But right. Like I said, I we think we have sufficiently covered everything for the moment. I um, mean, I, I, I would say my quit is strong. Yours is strong. Billy's is strong. Yeah, I just can't, you know, there's still that, and I will say, I'll, you know, there's times that I go across, I'll do something that seems like I went down to the cabin a couple of weeks ago by myself, and actually two things happened to me that weekend, and I actually told my told on myself to my sponsor and my support group and to some uh, quit folks, you know, I actually stood and thought that something, I had a little minor, I mean, it's just a bullshit thing, but a little minor crisis going on in my life, and, uh, and, and a drink and a dip both crossed my radar for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah, You know uh, what? I'm now, glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to kind of end on that note too, but finish your thought. And so, you know, the thing is, is it's, you know, again, you know, I know I am never cured of this stuff. It's always going to be there. But what I have today is tools to be able to address it. The awareness to see it for what it is 
uh, that is huge for me today to go, yeah, that's what that is, and don't fall for it today. Uh, and frankly, uh, uh, you know, we said we have a, a obsession for a while, and that's what it is, right? When you first, when you're, when you've got to have that substance in your reach all the time, that is an obsession. I don't really have to. Have, well, I will tell you, my current obsession is my telephone. That has to be in reach of me all the time. Uh, <laughs> I have some issues around that. I'll look at maybe. Uh, it's not, it's not having, well, I was just, I was getting ready to say it's not having a negative impact on my life, but I'm not so sure that it's not, I could be justifying that too. But anyway, not having to have those other substances within reach of me today is a, is a miracle. Uh, to be honest, like I said, that opposite of that obsession to it today is actually, I have a repulsion to those things today. Uh, last thing in the world I want to do is pick up any of that stuff that I used to do and begin it again. But, but it's I know funny I'm how it not just continues to immune pop to up. it. Yeah, I am not immune to going back to it. I promise. Uh, I know that. That's why I like when it come across my radar there a few weeks ago. And what happened is I was getting myself into an isolated position to where I was going to be down there by myself, and my disease, yeah. the monster, the Nick bitch, the the all that's the same thing too. Just like I said, Kleenex and God and higher power. This whole other side of things, whatever that is that talks to me, the addiction, the disease, the. Um, told me that nobody would know yeah. i could go down uh, there and be by myself and go down and work for the weekend which you know in hindsight if i had got some alcohol i doubt much work would actually happen i probably could have got some dip and still worked <laughs> uh, but i'd have went down there and worked for the weekend and nobody would be any the wiser and you know what's it gonna hurt right but yep but no i'm not doing that and I'm many many a quit has been killed with that very thought and yep. What was our big saying? Uh, uh, you're always one bad decision away from a day one. Yep, you are. No doubt. And that goes for all these substances that I have put aside. No doubt, man. So, I mean, here we're, uh, you know, we're uh, 600 days plus, And I still have those passing thoughts. So, folks, I'll tell you what. There is no such thing as a cure. If you think there is, then you're wrong. Uh, we've, we've all proven it time and again, we're never cured, no matter how many days quit or how many days sober or how many days clean, uh, you, you're always just one bad decision away. And I have, uh, you know, I don't have the nicotine dreams that I used to, yeah. you know, my other attempts, uh -huh. I think I'm so, so guarded and so, uh, uh, steeled up that I don't have those anymore, but I do have, uh, the nicotine, you know, the tobacco being offered dreams, mm -hmm. the wake up and go, my God, how did I get Copenhagen in my lip dreams? Uh, yeah, just all that stuff. And it still happens. And I, my brother, who's over 10 years quit, says every now and then he still thinks about it. Yeah. And that's the craziest thing about any addiction is that it's never gone. It's always right there and just willing. And that's why we called her the Nick bitch uh, because yeah, she was ready to pounce on you and she doesn't care how long you've been quit. She's nope. just ready to reassert herself yeah. and catch you when you're at your weakest. Right. You let your guard down, man. And that's the thing. That's why we always say that, uh, you know, and that's what, that's essentially why I post a day count to people, you know, even though whatever it's not, you know, wherever it used to be as far as like, number of people and all that uh i uh 
I still post my day count every day to remind me that I have this, you know, and I, what I explained to my friend the other day was that my, he goes, well, well, I don't really understand why you're doing that. And I said, well, to me, it's the same as when like I, what I do is I get up and I talk to my higher power every morning and like ask yeah, for and help. Read your devotionals. And, and, yeah, but really even the, the reading and all the rest of it, my core thing is, is I get up in the morning and, 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 and I, in a sense, I'm thanking uh, my higher power for keeping me sober yesterday and and asking to help me do it again today and that's the same thing when i post roll in the morning what i'm doing is i'm promising to you that or you know when i send you a text well me and you do it on the group me when i make these promises to my brothers and sisters and quit i'm promising you that i won't use today and you're promising me you won't exactly you know? and, and we're just if you miss a day what happens all right somebody's going to talk to me yeah i'm coming for it yep. and if i miss a day i want you yep. to come come at me too yeah and actually i very rarely even i used to do this little dance where i'd say i'm gonna be at the cabin so i may not post roll but now, today i know i will go up i'll just i'll i will get some service and may not be first thing in the morning like it usually is on my day to day uh i may not march out of the cabin first thing in the morning and go up the hill to do it but i'll catch it here shortly in the morning so i've even quit saying i'm not going to do that you know i might say i might you know and i try to let people know i might be a little slow on the draw tomorrow uh but yeah, that's that accountability to thing too. You know, if I think I'm going to be, if I think I'm actually going to be missing an action, uh, I feel some accountability to let you know that ahead of time. Yep. Rather than and, and it's you, not it's not that hard. It because it, if you know you're going, you know the challenges that you might face. But everybody that used that excuse, well, I didn't know, or uh, you know, I thought everybody understood that I was going to be away from the fun. How long does it take? Yeah, no time, man. Uh, I can. I can post my role in, and even, you know, and I'm kind of doing it the hard way because I still send out texts to a dozen or so people and I post in two group, group meetings in the morning. And I mean, I might have it. I think I do it in 90 seconds or so. I get it all done. Yeah. And I even, and I go out and include a damn quote with every one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the uh, other thing you do. I, I, yeah. I'm just my number. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Uh, you know, now I got three numbers, and people ask me what that third one is because I'm on the hundred days of handstands. So today is day number sixteen. I got of handstands, trying to do more, trying to find more creative places to do my handstands. There you go. You keep that up, and yeah, it's all just ways to keep on having fun doing this. And and I and I, you know, I, and, and that I, was what you used to say too. Gosh, uh, in your especially in your video roles. Yeah, if you're not enjoying your quit, it's your own damn fault. Yes, there you go. And by God, you always made it so much fun. Yeah, man, it's got to be. It's uh, who wants to do? You know, it comes back to the same thing on the quitting my other life. You know, the nicotine or the booze and the drugs. If I don't have something equally, because that stuff was fun for a long time, man. If I don't have something that at least when I put that down, if I don't have stuff in my life that replaces that level of enjoyment and fun. I don't have something cool going on uh i will go back to what the other stuff was you know just sheer just plain and simple i gotta have something better in my life than what the other thing provided for me yeah and, and I we can never today. say never well we can't say we'll never go back yeah we do it one day at a time right just like every other form of recovery yeah and I, what i found is i'm pretty solid on this feeling if i do what i did yesterday to keep me sober and clean quit sober quit and clean is usually why i say uh, if I do what it kept me sober, quit and clean yesterday, if I do that again today, there's a damn good chance I'll be sober, quit and clean when I lay my head down tonight too. 
what is it? Wash, rinse, and repeat. Yep, that is it, man. No doubt. Yeah, we didn't even get into the thousand of acronyms either that was on the site, man. That's, <laughs> that's so right. bad. Hell, that that's had, a whole other episode. Yeah, so the, they, there were so many of them uh, that that there was a freaking library of acronyms because <laughs> yeah. we didn't get into TCIASP. Oh no, we didn't. Or whooped. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no Wake doubt, up, man. piss, post every damn day. That, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah, that's even modified from what I understand. They've, they've added yet another string at the end of that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah well, I you heard know, Cabman had that one. It was just a thousand letter long one that was yeah. never, ever, ever, blah, 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 blah. I always like, <laughs> I don't know that. By no means are you allowed to pee, po- piss before you post. You must post and then piss. And that, oh, you know what? That was the other thing. Was the other that way is the, that, well, I, I, I can't remember. Me neither. It's but lovely. the fun thing about the acronyms, that was one way that we as the council started poking fun at these guys. Yeah, make because up new of ones. all our acronyms. Yeah. Nobody knew what the hell we were talking about. Yeah, we'd make up new ones and it'd make them mad because they couldn't figure it out. And I still <laughs> and I was reading that that thing about the the T T C A S P, which is the Colonel is a sanctimonious prick, is what that is. Somebody <laughs> said that to you one time and I turned it into an acronym. We started hiding it and it took a whole day for somebody to figure it out. But Sam R S, whatever however he goes by in Irish, both of those guys went back into the annals of Fury group uh, of the board and found that and put those two things together that takes some freaking work and some it some, sure does and some smarts you know to go back in there and pull that all the way back from there i mean it was months beforehand that that was in some some innocuous post back then that had that saying and say and pull it forward was... and know what it was <laughs> I was on then, the roof a bunch that day, man, and I don't know why, but that day I was I was cleaning gutters or doing something for a good piece of that day. I was on my roof, and I still remember like I would sit down on the roof and laugh about it as people were trying to figure out what it said. It was great. It was a perfect distraction. And what do you need for a nicotine addiction? You need a distraction from it. Yep. And we provided lots of it. I mean, not only were we the the shit storm. You know, every single day, some lots of people coming in, take picking fights with us. Yeah. But there was a lot of humor in there, too. Yeah. And people just would come from all these other groups, the new groups, the super old groups, guys that were never active or haven't been active for years, coming in and just to see what mess is happening in the Fury today. Yep. And when we did, you know, you could see who was in the room because down at the bottom, it would tell you who was in there. And, uh, you know, we would come in and start bantering about or whatever, man. And the next thing you know, there'd be a giant group of people in there just observing, watching what's going on, like they're coming to the basketball game or something. Or we had the highest and... post number, highest visitor number. Remember that? Yep, we did. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing. I looked at my little narrative I wrote the other day because I'd forgotten about this. You know, I wasn't able, when I got banned and we didn't even go down through that, and I don't know, there's actually a YouTube video out there that explains that pretty good on my doggone hunt side of my banning and what happened to me and my story the way I I saw it but you know like i went like 10 or so 10 or 15 days without post and roll and uh and i was doing it but i was doing it having people pick me up and uh and i looked at my post count which my average counts. post my average post yeah which still counts my average post count was still above 20 a day after not posting for that many days i was like well i remember i like traded one addiction for another at some level uh being on that thing all the time well man uh, we are uh, well over the two-hour mark now. Not well over, yes, but we over are. a little bit. And it's been a blast. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, some of these things, uh, as we 
continue down this podcast pipe you know uh we can uh, uh these are these are kind of i enjoy talking to you period so it would be it'd be fun and and i think it's be relatively entertaining for others too i think to listen to some of this stuff so uh, i wish i could get like i wish what and i may ask i may ask somebody like and they'll be putting their membership on the line i may ask somebody to slip this post in over there and uh <laughs> and ever you know let them put a link to the podcast over there so those who are interested in it and i certainly still have all those contacts in my phone too man uh i have an unreal amount of contacts from that site that i probably will share this podcast with just see if they want to if they're interested and have a little fun time to listen but they uh, should yeah i mean it is it's still a discussion about recovery yep yep and uh, and the fact that we went into it uh faced adversity and came out the other end um even stronger Yep. I actually went and did some looking, you know, and I can't find any. I can find a lot of recovery podcasts. Actually, not a lot. I can find a, quite a few recovery podcasts. And, uh, but I can't find, I don't find, there's almost, I haven't yet to find anything really that, that, that leans on nicotine cessation. Wow. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're actually charting. Uh, we may be. I don't know yeah. that because there's a lot of stuff out there, man. And just because I didn't find it don't mean it don't exist, right? That's true. But, uh, well, hey, we're going to write history anyway. Yeah. And yeah. what I say goes. Right. Yeah. I'm totally. <laughs> Remember, see ass. Okay. Yep. Yeah. This is the first ever nicotine quitting podcast in the history <laughs> of the world. <laughs> you all have heard it first here. Uh, and, and the first of many more to come. So that's why I said what I was going to get to is that, uh, I like doing this and, you know, uh, I don't know how many people I can get on. So maybe it would be a time maybe to, I, I've heard feedback and it's really tough to follow more than three people on one of these things. Uh, but we could add somebody else in like Billy or maybe even fool around. See if we get somebody else. Oh my else God, put to, probe on. Yeah. <laughs> to see if he wanted to come in and do a little pod, a little podcasting too. Or if nothing else, you know, Dan, I would love to come back. I yeah, me too. Just me invite. too. Yeah, me just the two of us and, would be cool too. Because there is so much that we couldn't get to. Yeah. Uh, that I, I think would be of benefit to anybody yep. that that wants to quit or is going through quit. Because uh, it sure it gets better. Yep. It does get a little easier, but uh, it's always good to hear somebody else. Uh, that has gone through it or is currently going through it. So yeah, I know there's going to be a little bit of a resistance to this comment, but you know, the uh, in my heart for me, and I'll say that that's where I will distinguish this. For me, uh, I didn't really ever become truly sober until I got that substance out of me. Also, it was covering feelings and covering stuff that it was still, you know, and so it was another level of recovery that keeps on. You know, I can keep on leveling up to use video game terms, and I'm not even a video game dude. But I can keep on leveling up, and quitting nicotine was a huge level jump for me. Uh, I really, I can actually say that 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 looking back, I truly don't feel like I was sober until I got that out of my system. You know, and I, I can see where you're coming from on that. And uh, you, you had a, you had a, an interesting uh, initial exposure to uh, that site, uh, just because it, it's so different. The while the substance is different. The addiction is the same. Yep. But I remember, and I will never forget, actually, when you said, you know what? This shit is hard. Yep. Yep. I thought that I'd, you know, I come in thinking I'd quit harder stuff and this was going to be easy. And, and I got my I got my stuff handed to me. Yeah, that was a jaw-dropping moment for me, uh, I, to be honest. Because I thought what you and Billy had endured and quit... Um, in your lives, I was like, wow, I, 
I don't know that that takes some serious fucking balls to yeah. do what these guys did. And that's one of the other, uh, you know, my ass wasn't just on fire. I didn't have the consequences I had. So I wonder if there wasn't some imbalance there as far as waiting, which one was harder. It seemed harder because I didn't really have to do it in a way, you know, that's also where like part I, of it. in order to stay out of prison, I had to stop drinking and using. I, and so those consequences, the, the, that was heavy over my head. So at some level it made it easier. You know, it's like, okay, uh, Dan, pick door A or B. B is go to prison. A is get better. Which one do you want? Well, no shit. I know which one I want. But I didn't have that kind of consequence coming into the nicotine quitting. So that's all. Let's give the liberals some time. You know, they'll make smoking illegal. Yep. Yeah. Get you to go to jail for that, too. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait. I didn't say that. I didn't go political. Sorry. Well, cool, man. Do you have any uh, one of the things I do? And I think we kind of did it, but uh, I'm going to do it one more time. Uh, I think I've got my closing thoughts in hand or, you know, un- I've already spoken my closing thoughts. Is there any closing thoughts, any concluders you want to say before we sign off here? I will say one other thing, too. If you want some help quitting quit nicotine, you can go to that spiritualunderground.org and I can help you personally and I can hook you up with people who can help you and assist you in getting off of that particular drug. So uh, I'm a fair, I like I say, all the time i'm a fairly accessible dude and i'm easy to find so if i can help you uh, i, I want to do that got any uh the colonel do you have any closing thoughts today uh you know what i i, I won't say i've said everything but i'll say i've probably uh given enough food for thought out you know for people to chew on um this can be done and it ain't if it was easy everybody would do it right um so very good point yeah, I, I'm just blessed to have made it as far as I have, and it's a shame that I waited as long as I did to try it. And I mean, to actually do it. Right. Yeah. So, I, I appreciate you having me here, and uh, hope to do this again soon. Yeah, man, it's fun. Uh, I like I said, I'd like to talk to you on the telephone, just jacking with you, just talking. So this, uh, this is not a lot different than that. So I enjoyed it. Uh, it's an honor to have you on here. It's an honor to call you a friend. And uh, Same here, I man. continue to, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to have this brotherhood and figure out how to. One of the things I want to figure out how to is shake your hand one of these damn days. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah, it'll happen. So, man, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I'm going to do my little commercials on the wrap-up. Go, I did that just a single, but still just go to spiritualunderground.org. Um, and you mentioned more. something about the bumper music. Oh, yeah, and we got the bumper music. Oh, yeah, say that once more real quick. Let's just give a few seconds on uh, – <laughs> on um what that you had a band go well okay uh basically a buddy of mine and i we're both army guys uh i i commanded this company he took it over but he played guitar um and i played guitar we got together uh, drinking beer and decided we were going to make a band unfortunately it was just the two of us so the band never happened but we did write music and our our uh our band name was uh, BDA, which in Army parlance is a battle damage assessment. But for us, it meant bitter, drunk, and alone. Yeah. And the song's name is Collateral Damage, one of my favorites. Um, I, I started it with a bass riff uh, and the rhythm guitar piece. And my buddy, uh, Greg Barnett, uh, he filled in with all the lead guitar and then, since we didn't have a drummer when he recorded this, he uh, added a drum machine. So I hope you guys like it. It was it was a great time. We we used to have so much fun. 
So there is the commercial around what the music is on the podcast today. Better than I could have done it. And uh, 12-step spiritual recovery, if you're interested in applying 12-step tools and principles into your life to see if it uh, maybe help you find your path, uh, go to Amazon, James Christopher Cohn, 12-step spiritual recovery. You can also go to uh, 12stepspiritualrecovery.com and learn about that. Or, like always, contact me as a last-ditch effort, and I'll point you in the right direction. Thanks again, Jim. Love you. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll do it again. You bet you love you too, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you all for allowing me to participate in my recovery in this manner today. Peace out.